Today we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. We are honoring maybe one of the best push broom mustaches I've seen in a movie in quite some time. That's right, we are talking James Gammon and his portrayal of Lou Brown, the manager of the Cleveland Indians team in the 1989 sports classic Major League. I brought on the show a real sports guy. Yeah, one of those guys. Which is difficult to find for me since, you know, I'm usually surrounded by a bunch of real fucking dweebos. Anyway, without further ado, let's check the Allstate guys package, which is definitely in good hands. Take on the challenge of getting a boner in an ice bath and stalk our former girlfriend until far, 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 fuck me. I can't talk. Stalk our former girlfriend until she gives in. Because it's the late 80s, baby, and the Me Too movement is years away. Now play that shit theme song, goddammit. It's the Mustachio Podcast. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make jokes, and then we'll all go home. Now the the legendary Harry Upper Lips. It's the Mustachio Podcast. Welcome to the Mustachio Podcastio. I am your host, Daniel J. Segura. And today, we are talking Major League 1989. And I am welcoming an old friend of mine. Um, I, I guess you're an old friend of mine now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like four years, right? So it's kind of old. Like we've, uh, we've officially crossed into veteran friend territory. <laughs> it's actually, I'm not a rookie anymore. <laughs> it's actually really hard to make a good friend in your 30s. So this is one of the few that I've made. Aw, now I'm 30 now, too. Boo. Yeah, you're in your 30s, technically. The last time we were on a podcast together, I wasn't. I was still in my golden 20s. You're a young blood. I've officially crossed over. And uh, his name is Trace Levos. How are you doing, Trace? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to be back. I know. You haven't... I mean, you used to do this stuff. I know. I I was the classic person who had a podcast for a good five months and then quit. (laughs) The Pandycast. (laughs) Just like, yeah, I've got two children. I'm good now. (laughs) I have enough to do. I, I, and I really, and I'm not kidding. I really did like your podcast a lot, dude. I like the, I, like I said, what, what did I describe it as? I think I, <laughs> yeah, I think you think this was like the, the biggest, uh, compliment. And I think what you called it is like comic book NPR. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, thanks. It's so nice. Like, no, it's like a compliment. I'm I mean, like, NPR okay. is very professional, very respectful podcast stuff that they got going on. Cause I think they have multiple NPR podcast. Yeah, NPR's been around even before podcasts. So. <laughs> but it's just y'all had y'all had this like very calm, very thoughtful approach to talking about comic books and uh, comic book shows and movies and stuff like that. That's right. And I had a good time. It was called Superhero Soup. For any of y'all that want to check out some of the old episodes, he's not doing it anymore. Did it for a little bit. Y'all probably released how many episodes? Oh gosh, twenty, uh, thirty, like one a week for six months. So. Okay. That's a good amount. You can totally listen. To, if you like Trace this episode, look up Superhero Soup. It's fucking good. I, they, the first episode, they talk about Batman Forever, which touches, That's right. touches my taint. I mean. <laughs> and just know when you're done with those episodes, you're never going to have to hear me again because we will never bring it back. So <laughs> I've thought about taking the stealing the name and, and just going with it because hey, this, you know, it can be had for a tidy Six figure sum. <laughs> just gotta save up for a few years and buy it from us. Oh my god, you didn't really copyright it, did you? God damn no, it. we didn't. <laughs> you can steal it pretty easily, I'm sure. You can steal it pretty easily. 
I what even made you think of superhero soup? How did you think of the name? I'm just oh, curious. Gosh, I, I honestly don't even remember now. I think we were just trying to think of something that's kind of catchy and like our whole your attention. Our whole thing with it was like we we were not by any means like comic book experts or superhero experts. It was just me and my wife who who hosted it together, and um, so we tried to make it sound like literally like this is just us picking a random ass like comic book movie or TV show to talk about each week and it's not necessarily going to be in order and it's not yeah. necessarily going to be like chronological or anything like that it's yeah. just going to be like okay one week we did Batman Forever and the next week we did freaking Captain Marvel yeah. or something so y- y'all I think y'all saw some Spider-Man uh cartoons yeah <laughs> we literally did literally anything that like we did the old like Wonder Woman 1970 something movie that was totally oh god god awful <laughs> so yeah we literally just did anything and everything and so it was kind of like a soup like it's yeah. just like there's all kinds of stuff in that bowl you know and i think what makes it what made it interesting was that the fact that because y'all were just at the time you were just starting to get into like comics and stuff i think you had maybe gotten into it before like a, maybe a few years before but like you were approaching these things without like some kind of heartfelt attachment to some character right you know what i mean so i like that i think um, that's what ultimately made it die too is like i still have like even since then, I've kind of just calmed down. I don't really read comics that much anymore. And I've gotten super tired. I'm literally wearing a Marvel shirt right now. But I did kind of <laughs> get tired of, like, Marvel movies and all of that stuff. Yeah. But, like, I still love, like, when the new Batman came out, I went and saw that in theaters and stuff. But my wife, it was like, there was no interest on her end, really. Like, like, she just wanted to do a podcast together. Yeah. And that was kind of the best idea we could think of. Yeah. And after, like, six months of watching superhero stuff, she's like, I do not want to watch this I stuff could anymore. Be watching other things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's fair. <laughs> There's a lot of good material out that's there. That's fair. We had our second baby, and that sealed the deal. Oh, so. yeah, second baby. That's... Like, we're, we're busy to yeah. do I'll... this project that literally earns us nothing i'm trying so. to think about what i know this makes me nothing at all so our, our five listeners in the netherlands were really sad i'm sure and oh no and that one guy in indiana you know that was, that was we've lost our favorite i don't know netherlands <laughs> accent. i purposely picked a country that wouldn't be quite as offensive if you tried to that do was the impression. perfect so, yeah that was perfect go. thanks you really said apologies that to all me. the dutch listeners out there so we are talking major league and Personally, I saw this when I was really, really young. It came out in the 80s, so I, I first saw this on TV. And with the commercials and everything, it was probably very heavily edited. And I remember liking it because I would see it with my brother, and this would probably be like 94, 95. And I remember thinking it was really funny, but it was also a little bit – it wasn't like your kid baseball movies, like your Sandlots. And oh, yeah. These are like grown men movies that had some comedy to it. Was this rated R? No, I think it was, was, it think PG-13? It was PG-13. I there's, think it was. There's an F-bomb or two in there. Yeah, I think they were a little loosey-goosey with okay. the ratings in the 80s. Okay. Because there are some PG-13 movies where I'm like, really? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but no, um, and – I remember enjoying it, but I just did, I was so young that I was like, "Oh, I want to see the Sandlot again." I don't, <laughs> don't want to see. It. But watching it as an adult now, in my thirties, my late thirties, I totally, I appreciate it so much more. I appreciated it so much more. I got more stuff. Like it, had no joke. I'd not seen that movie since I was a kid. What is your experience? Because you said you've seen this movie, but it was like a while back. A while back. A while back meaning last year. A few year. years ago. So no, last year you this saw is, it. This is always the bit with you and me. Is like I am like – I picked this movie 
and initially pitched it to you like forever ago <laughs> to watch it because I'm a sports fan and you are like, a sports I'm a baseball guy. fan. But I am I am the worst movie person ever. Like <laughs> I'm always that guy when people are like, "Well, everyone's seen blah movie," and I'm like, "No, nah, I haven't seen that." So I am like, I would be the worst like regular co-host for this podcast because I oh, just my God. I have no history with movie watching. So the first time I saw this was literally last year. And was it because you were thinking of covering it for the podcast or you just were no, trying like, to watch? So Cause I know was, you've been actively trying to watch more movies. Yeah. Yeah. I go on and off with that, but like, yeah, like last year in spring, like leading into baseball season, I was getting hype about the season, you know? <laughs> so I was a, like, Oh, let me, so you let me watch some of the baseball movies, you know, that I still haven't seen. And major league was one of them. I love that. So I watched it. And of course, you know, saw the mustaches and was like, Hey, we should do this movie for your, yeah. for your podcast. So literally, Last year was the first time I saw it. I think we had it in the books like last April oh, or something know, to do man. it. And then typical us, we just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then so finally it came back around like now. <laughs> finally made it, A dude. couple weeks ago, you're like, oh, do you want to record? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch it again. So literally the first <laughs> time I watched it was in 2021. The second time I watched it was two days ago. Oh, so. my God. And I just finished watching it like about 15 minutes ago. Because <laughs> uh, I – I've just I've been very it's so weird because we're just kicking off the podcast to you again and I'm being so fucking like it's like I, I should be working harder instead I'm just like even more lazy than I was when I first started the show but you know what we're still producing a pretty decent product I got a good host here with Trace we're honoring James Gammon who has a really Gammon what is Gammon Bat Gammon with <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to pretend like I know who James Gammon is in this film and just wait till you say which character well, he, he plays. plays. So James Gammon plays Lou Brown, the manager. He has this right. most solid I was just making mustache. sure you knew. Yeah. <laughs> he plays the manager. He's absolutely amazing. Apparently, he is really good in this. He is. His voice is like that classic kind of. He's very Mike. He's like the Mike Ditka of baseball. He's got that. That's true. I don't know voice. why I didn't think of that. He very much was the Ditka, but nicer than Ditka. Like he wasn't warmer. He wasn't getting on, which makes sense because baseball managers. It's like are, be, is that the thing? Well, because there are so many games in a season. There's a hundred and sixty-two games in a pro baseball season. Like you can't <sighs> be getting on dudes' asses like every game because there's so many. It's like there's going to yeah. be mistakes. There's going to be losses. Like even the best teams are going to lose at least like 40 games in a season you know yeah. like that would be amazing if you only lost 40 games in a season yeah so you just got to kind of like you just can't get too up you can't get too down and also baseball seems to be it has a different energy like so i'll admit and you know trace has always been a sports guy he famously got an espn blog on as like a child i think when he was like nine years old you literally mention this every time <laughs> I guessed it on a blog. I guessed for on a Astros blog that was like back in the early days of blogging. It was like kind of like RSS swallowed into like the ESPN oh, yeah. umbrella, which is cool. I still literally listed on my resume, but it was just kind of one of it's those cool. like happy accidents of back then when they're just like, ooh, free labor of like people that will write about baseball teams. Now that us. we're older, we're like, we get it. And back then, <laughs> so like Astros, like I'm a big Astros fan. I'm from Houston originally. The Astros are really good now, and they have been for a number of years. But when, this was 10 years ago when the Astros were absolute trash. Kind like, no one wanted to watch them. No one wanted to write about them. So some 18-year-old writing for free about the Astros was, you know, gold for, for ESPN. <laughs> so 
Oh, look, a young person watches the Astros. Yeah, hey, somebody's watching them. What's, Which I is, mean, this guy's writing about them. Okay. <laughs> Which is kind of a theme of this movie is that, like, you notice that the guys that are talking about the, the Cleveland Indians in the beginning of the movie, they're just old timers that have watched them, maybe saw their last pennant in 30-some-odd years ago, and then all of a sudden you start seeing more young faces. Like as the movie progresses, right. they start because everyone loves a winner. Yeah, everyone loves a winner, especially young people. Like I think that's why the NBA is now a players' league, not so much a team league, and that's why kids now. You go if you went to an elementary school right now and went up to a fifth grader and you asked him what is his favorite team, he's like, I just like LeBron or I just like Curry. Like Curry could go to any other team and be like, Yeah, I like that team now because Curry's there. That's the word. I don't even. But that's the it, truth. It gets me on my old name. I know. I could box. see it in your face. I used. To, I always was like, because I'm a millennial, right? Like, I've always had my generation be shat on by older people for year after year after year. Yeah. So I always said, I'm not going to be the guy when I get older to, to just shit on the younger generations. Yeah. And then now that they're here, I'm like, yeah, these people <laughs> suck. Like, I hate them. <laughs> team loyal. T- anyway. Yeah, because you are a very <laughs> team loyal person. Well, I am yeah. and I'm not. Y- yeah, it kind of depends it depends on the on the flow of the team. Like, I guess, yeah, you. We watch, don't need to get too into it because I'm you sure did, your listeners don't care. But I well, mean, I don't know. They might. I, I just will say he did come in. He moved to San Antonio, and this guy became a San Antonio Spurs fan, like a real fucking fan, and not very long. Like you sort of. And I think you have a brick at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, dude. It's gonna have that my wife's amazing. name, my kids' names. Well, like, so I love that. I moved from Houston, like was a big Ooh. Rockets fan growing up, and I always respected the Spurs, right? Like, yeah. I never hated them. I hated the Mavericks growing up. The same up. way with the Rockets, too. I hated but the Mavs. But the Spurs, it Rockets, was like, was they like, were so yeah. much better than us. It's like, you can't hate them. You just respect yeah. them. And I felt like I kind of earned the fandom switch because by the time I moved to San Antonio, it was kind of like the beginning of the end. Yes. It was really kind of the end of the end like yeah, there was there was no in, more like playoff victories or anything since i've to came to your, san antonio yeah you had to like earn your fandom and because... the rockets at the time were still pretty good with like mm-hmm. james harden and stuff and then now they've totally bottomed out but like i've made the switch from at the time like a better team to a worse team so i didn't yeah. feel bad about it so i'm not like <laughs> a 100 percent been loyal my whole life fan yeah. so and you're also not a bandwagoner either like you literally came like you said you came in a, to start watching this first game and now you're what a three is this your third or fourth season coming up of technically yeah this will technically be my fourth but one season was totally COVID lost because of the pandemic but yeah, you would so have been this is only my third full season of really going season ticket holder yeah. of the san antonio spurs we were season ticket holders together last season i bowed out for this season but i might pop in halfway we'll see he's gonna try and carpet bag on like I'm... my <laughs> my cheap tickets I'm gonna carpet... hey bro can you can you bring me <laughs> You're basically still going to be a season ticket holder just on my dime yeah, this year. Help me. I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> I spent too much on booze. But I can't wait to go to those games. Like, the Spurs, uh, for those of y'all that don't follow the Spurs, and I'm sure that's most of y'all. I'm sure most of y'all. This is a Spurs podcast now, this is by Spurs the way. We just kind of, like, did yeah. the shell game of, like, look, it's about Major League, and now we're just going to talk about <laughs> we'll the Spurs. We'll go back. We'll go back. <laughs> but, like, they made some moves. Uh, in re- this, We're recording this in, in July. Uh, early july and july 1st and they made some moves that were painful very painful we spent all season watching Dejounte murray become an all-star for the first time in his entire career a guy that we've been watching since he was very very young he was you know 
slowly gotten into the team. Just a defense-only guy at first. Defense like That was only. really all he could do was play D. And he did a good sudden, job at it, but yeah. he couldn't do anything else. And all of a sudden, he starts shining. He starts, he starts to shin and and he, we cheered him on all freaking season. We, I don't know how many games we went to last season, but it was a lot. And they decided to trade him to the Atlanta Hawks. And he's gone now. And, and they've made some other changes. They let go of Lonnie Walker, who's another uh, kind of up-and-comer who had kind of a plateau season. But, you know, he still showed little signs of, like, super young, super, super athletic. Young. And a very like still a bright good, future ahead of bright him. future. You could very much see him becoming a star in the league. Still. Yes, which makes me really mad that he's now with the Lakers. It's a one year deal at least. Yeah, so. I think they're going to just test him out, see what he's got. I don't know. I, I wish him the best. I don't know if he's going to end up being a Laker in the long run. Yeah, you know, I think he'll end up going to some smaller market team at some point. Like. But I just it, hope it's not the Kings. It kind of dovetails like nicely with the movie because it's like literally our team is doing what Major League, yeah, what the Indians did in this movie, stripping away. where they're just stripping it down to basically purposefully lose because what the Spurs want is a really high draft pick next year yeah. so that they can get hopefully like a just sensational mm-hmm. player like a Tim Duncan, just kind of you know, you and then you just coin. reinvent the franchise, you know? Because so. if you think about it. I think a lot of people – I've heard so many people be like, oh, you know, they got lucky with Tim Duncan, blah, blah, blah. You got to remember, we also got drafted this one guy named Kawhi Leonard who, if things hadn't worked out the way they worked out, would now – we would have probably won a championship again by now. Right. And Well, and DeJounte too. DeJounte was DeJounte like a too. number 29 pick. Yeah. Like nobody you – d- you don't become that good when you're drafted at number 29. That's yeah. like unheard of, you it's know. It's insane. So I think the Spurs are gambling on the fact that they're never going to get some huge guy to come in who's already established in the NBA. They're just not a San Antonio is just not an attractive spot. Yeah, not too many guys are out there like, man, I just need to get to San Antonio. I really love tacos. Alamo, baby. (laughs) Not the most popular city. I think, you know, I think even Dallas and Houston have an advantage on us. Houston's got all those clubs, you know. They got a lot of clubs. They got access to New Orleans. You got access to a lot of other. I don't know what you what they would see in Dallas, but I. I think Dallas still right. You know, yeah. You can buy cool shit there. I guess racist white people. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I lived there for years. It wasn't that great. You get that rich white money there, dude. (laughs) And uh, and honestly, Texas in general is very attractive to the NBA player because of the tax thing. Yeah, no state tax. No state tax. So you're just making more money. But San Antonio is so – I love this city. And I was telling Trace, like, because we were arguing – we weren't arguing, but we were debating a little bit about, like, there's a chance – there's rumors San Antonio might eventually sell the city out go to go to Austin or something like that. Are you reading this? Where are you reading Well, this? it's just, like, it's these rumors, like okay, you know. And, like, okay. even the Spurs owners, like, a couple months ago came out and said very strongly, like, we're not moving the team or anything, but, like – They've requested to play a couple games in Austin each year now. And, like, Austin is just – I mean, if you live in Texas and or you read the news at all, you know that Austin is, like, this big tech hub now. And yeah. it's this up-and-coming city. A lot of money flowing through there. A lot of young people moving there. A lot of tech companies moving there. So it's, like, it's kind of this sexy destination. And it's the only L.A., Texas. Right. And the only pro team that they have is a, is a pro soccer team, which – cool and all but it's not you know it's, yeah it's a pro soccer team right <laughs> yeah it, so, it's soccer in the united states a lot of these pro sports leagues are looking for an in 
you know, to uh-huh. a place like Austin. And San Antonio, admittedly, is just one of those small cities market. that it's. But see, that's what always drives me insane when people oh, say small go. market. Go. I triggered San Antonio up. is a, the seventh <laughs> biggest city in the nation. I know that's not a small market. It may be a small media market. It may be a small market in terms of mind share. It's not like a bunch of people yeah, in the country yeah. are like, hmm, I wonder what's going on in San Antonio. What is up, everybody? Whoa. Do you, uh, do you like hearing Trace get triggered as shit? <laughs> That's him yelling. It's kind of like Seinfeld. He doesn't really scream. Uh, just sort of goes up in pitch. Anyway, I'm, I'm in- interrupting the show because so many people bitch at me because I just throw in these little ads or promos for other podcasts on the network that I'm on, the Podmoth Network. Um, I don't know how they haven't kicked me off yet. And if you're listening to this, appreciate you keeping me around. <laughs> Um, and I get a lot of people all up in my shit because I never introduced that there's going to be a promo. And next thing you know, there's a couple of white girls, you know, talking about aliens and shit. And you're like, what the hell happened to Daniel's show? So here's the fucking thing. Here's the intro. The, j- enjoy this podcast that I'm about to, you know, promote. Okay, bye. Hey, guys. I'm Shelby, host of Addicted to Crime podcast. Join us for deep, chilling dives into the evil nature of criminals, and let's take a closer look at their early life and background to see how they got to the day of the crime. This podcast was created in hopes you pay closer attention to your surroundings and hopefully stay safe. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts or else on the website www.addictedtocrime.org. Happy listening, thanks for your time, and stay safe. Yeah. Like they do with New York or L.A. or I Chicago think, or whatever. But... Rich, like there's plenty of people that have a lot of money here, but there's just other cities, even some that are smaller than us, that have more money. I feel like there's some legit, very loyal fans. And a of lot course. of them are, of are from the inner city. Yeah. And, you know, the real fans are not at those games in person. They're watching it no. on their TV. They're fucking yeah. listening to it on the radio. Drinking a Tecate. <laughs> you know, I know my – I listen to my dad listen to it on the radio a bunch of freaking times. Because he hated um, – I, I think, like, back in the 90s, he didn't like whoever was doing the commentating. So he put the radio <laughs> part on, but then put the TV on. Oh, yeah. Classic yeah. old guy move. Classic old guy Can't move. Can't stand the TV commentating. Yeah. Wow, it's horrible. He's a radio guy. <laughs> He's been around guy. for 40 years. What's his name? Who's the radio guy? Bill Shoning. Bill Shoning. Bill Shoning's a legend, dude. Still oh here. Oh, my God. He's so freaking good. He's got to be, like, 100. He's got to be. How old is that guy? I think his son now subs for him if he's not able to do it. That's total badassery when you, yeah. you know you've, like, been here long enough that – my little freaking baby child can now stand in for me. <laughs> he doesn't quite have the sick. balls as me, but, you know, <laughs> does have that base. I put hair on his chest. <laughs> and, but yet, I can see how, I can see how San Antonio can be seen like a small market. But you're, you're, I give you credit. You are right. Like, it's a huge city. And we got a yeah. lot of resources. And it's only getting bigger every freaking year, as my property taxes attest. No shit, right? And I think as Austin grows and spreads out and as as San Antonio spreads out, we're only an hour apart. Like, I could see us eventually – imagine a high-speed train that gets you to to Austin in, you know, 25, 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. They're they're going to fully build out the corridor. A metroplex, sort of, in a way. And I would not – be surprised if at some point they move the stadium and it becomes like a San Antonio combination with Austin type team. I'm gonna throw up. 
<laughs> do you, do you hate Austin? Is that no? The, I don't. You literally I, went I'm to a Longhorn, dude. Yeah, like I love Austin. Well, I'm confused. I love old Austin. Right? Okay. Like I'm one uh, of those people. I'm one of those people. I really kind of came. I started at UT in 2010, so I kind of came in at, like at the very tail end of Austin, still kind of cool, being what cool it was. Austin, yeah. It was right before, before really the explosion. Yeah. yeah, and so I kind of witnessed the explosion like as I was at university, You're right in the thick of it. And uh, Austin's a cool place. Like, I love Austin. I love going back. But um, it's just gotten kind of big for its britches. And, yeah. you know, it's I mean, just like when anything else. When it, it gentrifies and yes. just gets so many people and gets so rich. Like, there's good things about it and yeah. bad things about it, for sure. Like, knowing you, when I think about Austin now, I'm like, oh, Trace would not like that place. No. Well, it's like, it's okay. So, like, <laughs> I grew up in Houston, right? Born and raised yeah, in Houston. Another big city. So, I lived, I moved to Dallas. And, like, as a Houstonian growing up, you hate Dallas. And Dallas people hate Houston. Like, that's just yeah, how it is. And, like, when I moved like to San Antonio, <laughs> like, I didn't – I was like, oh, yeah, Austin's great. Like, I went to school there. And, like, the longer I've lived here, the more I've become a San Antonian. And San Antonians hate Austin. They just hate They're, Austin. Yeah. They just don't like it, you know? And, and so I it's like not. now I've kind of become more <laughs> that way, you know? But I will argue – and I could be completely off base. But I will argue that I think Austin people – what do they call it? What do they call themselves? Austinites. Ew. Okay, Austinites. <laughs> I think they don't like us more than – I think more San Antonio people are okay with Austin than I think Austin people dislike us a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel I'm like wrong. so many of like the new Californian Austinites, it's like they probably don't even know they that San care. Antonio is like yeah, – they don't care. Like where, isn't that down by the border or isn't something? Just, like yeah. San Antonio? Where, <laughs> I don't know where that is. Just, Tim Duncan's on that team, right? Yeah, yeah, and honestly, that's probably the only reason some people yeah. know San Antonio is just because of the Spurs. Well, you and really I know, like, reason. anytime we travel outside of Texas and we have, like, a Spurs hat on or something, people always say the same thing. They're always like, Greg Popovich, yep, yep. Pop is sick, dude. <laughs> Even living in, like... It's like we're known for our 80-year-old coach. It's like, oh, okay, it's oh, so cool, I guess. Old white guy. <laughs> some old Navy veteran. Yeah, like, he... Um, I remember when I was living in L.A., I'd be wearing Spurs gear, and I was always kind of worried because, you know, it was Lakers territory and uh i mean the clippers are there too but let's face it it's lakers territory and i'd be walking through and it was always the same message it would always be like oh god man i fucking hate this bird bro fuck this bird but you know what popovich is a good coach dude like <laughs> i respect that's him. a badge of honor though because like really the only team that could take down the lakers back in that dynasty days yeah. was i think was that's the why Spurs. there's some real there's some but you know what there's like some battles there's some yeah, I, I, arguably worse than us in the Mavs, if you really think about it. Like, Well, what did we say after this last NBA season? The best thing about this season was finishing above the Lakers. Yes. Finishing above LeBron and the Lakers. So it does not get better than that. Because we had some bad experiences. That ain't happening this year, so no. we better just throw that out the window. That Lakers home game when we lost was... That was brutal, dude. I left. I left mad because I, I got there that late. Was the one time you got re, you had I got a bad there day. late, had a bad and we day. had a Lakers fan sitting right next to us. Yes. Which luckily he was sitting next to you. And because, luckily he wasn't a dick. He was well, you're more nice. friendly than me, yeah. so you're happy to you know chill and talk. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why is this guy fucking talking? Make him <laughs> shut up in his stupid little Kobe Bryant jersey. Shut up, fatty hey, bandwagon. I hate it. Yeah, He's never been. It. He never been L. A. I asked him. Never been L. A. See that that is exactly the type of fan behavior. It's okay. See, look, Laker fan. Yeah. Look, as a as a Rockets fan, like we were bad for a long time, and so I can understand if your team is bad. Growing up, you kind of look for a winner. That's what kids do. I totally get that. But the kids in San Antonio these days, like, ever since I've been able to 
understand that basketball is going on, and I'm 30 now, the Spurs have always been good and won five championships in that time. Oh, yeah. So you have, like, honestly probably the best-run organization in the entire NBA in your backyard, consistent winner, best coach of all time as your coach. Why are you not cheering for this team? Like, you, you don't understand how good you have it. Yes. Yeah, it's spoiled. Very that drives spoiled. me insane. It's like that you could just grow up on, like, the friggin' south side of San Antonio and be like, oh, I like the Lakers. Like, it's disrespectful. Yeah, this isn't Sacramento. Like, I get if you don't <laughs> want to be a Kings fan. Like, I get that. I get if you don't want to be a Pacers fan or something. But, like, this is yeah. the Spurs, man. And, like, yeah. yeah, we're not what we used to be. But, like, it, like, a kid who's my age who grew up in San Antonio – like, you had the greatest years mm-hmm. of your life, like, watching this team grow yeah. up. First championship, you're seven years old. Their last championship, you're freaking, you know, I don't know, 22. Yeah, That's amazing. amazing, dude. That's amazing. That's an yeah. amazing 15-year run. I still the 99 run. champ, like, like, it was yesterday. Like, that's how special it was. It well, was let's be honest. Amazing. What it really is is they were Spurs fans all the way up until 2014. And then they're like. And once, and once they saw that the championships were over, they're like, all right. <laughs> gotta go get my Curry jersey now. My Duncan jersey. Yeah. Gotta go get my LeBron jersey now. Yeah, and I think it was the fact that the Spurs were never cool. No, They'd never been a cool no. team. They're a really great. I, team. I made all those jokes as a Rockets fan growing yeah, up. Yeah, we're boring lame. basketball. Yeah, who you cares? Know? No one cares about the Spurs. We're like like one of the lamest teams, but at the same time, it feels good to win too. You know, like it was fun. I I didn't mind it, and I honestly at the time, I. I actually didn't really, really give a shit about like all the fancy bullshit. I like to watch like I like to watch um, you know like those 76ers teams back in the day and those the Chicago team. Like I like to see the flashy stuff. The New York Knicks when they were good for a little bit with Sprewell. It was fun, but at the same time I'm like, oh, that's all good and stuff, but like we're going to win the championship. <laughs> so spoiled, dude. <laughs> Anyway, this has been a great NBA yeah, podcast, um, dude. I really love this NBA show that we I'm have. Gonna, I'm gonna try I'm gonna actually put an edit in at some point. We're gonna be like, skip to twenty seven. <laughs> we should just release this as like a separate uh, you know, bonus episode. Yeah, no, nah, we're talking. We haven't talked sports <laughs> in a bit, so uh, you know, we actually haven't caught up in a in a bit. You know, we've we, we talk a lot, but we haven't talked sports in a little while. So That's true. That's true. There hasn't been a Spurs game in a while. <sighs> there hasn't, man. It hurts. I can't wait. I honestly I'm still excited about the season. We'll, I don't give we'll, a shit. We'll be going to opening night together. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that discount ticket. <laughs> so this movie kicks off with Randy <laughs> Newman. <Anyway. laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on Randy Newman? Okay. Do you know anything? <laughs> you know, how many songs? This is what I wrote down as my note. It's like, how many songs are there about Cleveland, you know? Oh. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, like there's got to be billions of songs about, like, New York. Or L.A. It's oh, like, yeah. how, how many Cleveland songs are you got there? got the Cleveland Rocks from the Drew Carey show. I'm trying to think of, like, how many San Antonio songs are out there, you know? There's a lot of songs that aren't that just, m- like, conjunto songs or something, yeah. you know? Like, There's songs that mention San Antonio, but not a lot of... I could be wrong. Probably there is a lot of conjunto, tejano-type yeah. songs that are about San Antonio, but... I don't know. There would definitely be in that vein. There's definitely not a lot of like. There's probably some really weird, obscure yeah. indie band that's like you know got some some yeah. San Antonio song out there. Yeah, there's got to be because there's not like a lot of like. There's definitely not a lot of Randy Newman esque type <laughs> right. musicians. I wonder know? if he wrote this just for the movie. I was curious if he wrote the soundtrack because I think he's a Louisiana guy. Is he? I think so. He might be. He might be. He wrote my favorite song of all time. I'm not kidding about this. Okay, let me listen. Louisiana, 1927. My favorite song of all time. Louisiana. I am not going to sing it for you, but. We're going to need to look that Louisiana up at some point. I had no idea. 
I'm actually looking up uh, who wrote this um, music by. Oh, okay. So James Newton Howard actually scored. He was the film composer and um, music producer. I guess he decided he wanted to pick this uh, Randy Newman song to open up the, the movie. Okay. But it actually. Randy Newman is the perfect voice for like we're not a good team. <laughs> like he has that like well we well that's not how he sounds but what is anyway I'm trying to do like our people got <laughs> yeah I think that was worse actually that's than even the first worse one. like our people rib uh-huh. I can't do it either <laughs> what's that Toy Story song that he's famous for you've got he's a friend of me okay come on <laughs> oh my God oh. what year was I born come on now. you got a friend of me. I don't know how to do it. But he kind of sounds like he's about to die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is literally my last song before I go the way of all the all the earth. I do. I did buy. Every song does sound like his last song. It does. He has that kind he's of got like that heart, somberness you know? to himself. He does. It's weird. And so that somber voice adds a lot to the movie. I feel like he could have made a lot of money. And I guess he did, clearly. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wait, Louisiana 1927 and this Cleveland song. He just clearly just wrote songs about cities. It's like. If you want to contract somebody to write a song about your city, it's like, hey, write, you know. Kind of genius. Yeah. Randy Newman. Let's Just go let's down get him, the map, if, right? If he, he's still alive, right? Let's get him to do a San actually, Antonio song. I actually was curious about that. Hello, Mo. Because he's, he's, he's an older guy. I mean. Ron Nuremberg. <laughs> Ron Nuremberg. He makes it, like, so freaking, so current that it's like, well, damn, we can't really use this. <laughs> what's Ron? River what's our cinema. <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh? What's uh? Fucking our bodybuilder mayor leaves the office. You know what are we gonna do? That's oh. the best. No, he is still alive. He's still touring. No. He's... How old is he? Wait, let me guess. He gotta be. He gotta be seventy-eight. I am impressed. He is exactly seventy-eight. Yo, let's old. go. I did not that even look amazing. that up. I usually am terrible at that kind of thing. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah, he is 70. Let's end the episode now. And he is still playing. (laughs) Holy shit. Mad respect. That, yeah, mad respect for him. Everyone, go listen to Louisiana 1927. Only the Randy Newman version. There's like other, like, Luther Vandross versions and stuff. Nope, just do the Randy Newman because it's just him and the piano. It's an emotional song. It's very good. I, I one time looked him up, like, five six years ago and i found out like the most controversial thing about him was he had that one song called short people and it's like short people got no reason that's a better one that's a better impression no reason to live (laughs) like so like little people were like wait are you trying to say (laughs) i'm sorry what wait (laughs) they're sitting in the bar and he starts with short people and they're like "Mm, okay (laughs) jesus it's like short people got okay (laughs) No reason to live. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And I was I was in Long Beach and I stopped at this little shop. It's like an antique shop and it has a little record section. I was going through the records and I found that Randy Newman album that has short people and I just bought it for yeah, that I song. Knew. I, I had to. It. And he's young there too. Like he's all fresh face on the cover. I'm like, oh look at Randy Newman. Still looks ugly, but he's he's younger. And so, yeah, we're going to spend fucking 10 minutes on Randy Newman. 
We're basically going to like go for an hour on the beginning of the movie, and then we're going to get <laughs> yeah. tired. Just be like, this movie's all right, anyway, and then, you know, well, stuff happens. Well, there's a lot to this uh, movie. Yeah. Like, we kind of no, talked about it. It's a simple it. plot. It's, it's a, a simple sim- plot. Yeah. It's... Everyone's falling in love with Top Gummit. G- Top Gummit? Top Gummit. <laughs> Top Gummit. <laughs> Top Gun again, yeah. you know, because of Top Gun Maverick. And isn't that the... S- I haven't seen Maverick, but is it... Have you seen it? So when Tom Cruise dies... Um, I'm just, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. No, yeah, so, like, uh, Top Gun, the original Top Gun, same story as Major League. I had never seen it, of course. I watched it just to be able to go see Top Gun Maverick. But what I said to you was the original Top Gun is so good, and I'm, I'm like, far from the first person to say this because everyone was kind of saying it after they watched Maverick in the theaters. But, like, Top Gun is so good, and Top Gun Maverick is also very good because it's simple. And I think, like, in today's day and age of Marvel movies and multiverses and everything, it's just all about, like – how can we have this like multi movie plot and universe and sell all these toys yeah. and clothes and shit? And like, look, I, I like some of that stuff too. It's fun, but like, it's like candy. It's not simple. Like, movies are far from simple these days. Yeah. And back then it was just like, here's this easy to follow, like, simple plot. And that's what it is with Major League too, where it's just like, yeah. down, down, and out team. Down, down and out team. Owner's trying to tank him so she can move him to Miami. It's and then so they basically simple. say, we got to go in the whole fucking thing, you yeah, know? And that's what they do. The like, it's it's yeah, just like, it's, it's a simple story. You got little stuff woven. It really, it, it's so, it's kind of funny because they were trying to make um, Tom Berenger, who plays uh, Jake Taylor, the, the catcher, which by the way, I never thought of the catcher as like a very popular position, but is it a popular position in baseball? Like, popular and, like, what do you like, mean? That's like, the guy that, like, people want the baseball card Well, of. I mean, catchers, <laughs> like, catchers are typically, like, team leaders because usually... Oh, okay. So, like, catchers at the that. major league level yeah. will be the ones literally in charge of calling the game, meaning, like, they're the ones telling the pitcher, like, hey, throw a fastball, throw a curveball. Like yeah, yeah, like, a lot of catchers. It's very common for a catcher after his career is done to become, like, a manager or a coach oh, okay. because they're kind of like the point guard, in a way, of, like, the baseball team where they're, like, really smart. But a lot of times they're not great hitters. Like, they're not maybe super athletic. Yeah. So, like, they don't stand out. They're not flashy, out. but they're Yeah, very... they don't stand out in the way that, like, other players do, but, like, they're an essential part yeah. of the team. See, I didn't know. Because uh, that was something that I had in my notes was I didn't know the catcher could just, like, go up to the pitcher. Like, it's not even a timeout situation. You just, like, I guess it's kind of like that, but, like. They call a timeout. He just can go up and talk to a pitcher. Well, it's kind of interesting. It's it's changed in recent years. Okay, I'm curious because, like, like in back in back as of like just a few years ago, they changed the rule. But in the time that Major League was, was coming me. out, you could just go to the pitcher basically at any time, and you could say, "Hey, like, you know, talk strategy with him or whatever." It's always limited by a certain amount of time. Like, there's not a clock on it, but the ump will give. We'll be like, "Come on, yeah, guy, yeah let's, let's go. Let's, let's keep go. the game moving now." You know, this stupid current official. commissioner of Major League Baseball is all about, yeah, trying to speed up the game as if that's going to make 13-year-olds want to watch baseball. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, if we just shaved seven minutes off of this three-hour game, I'd be in. <laughs> I'd want to watch Marlins Pirates. But, yeah, you know, yeah. um, they now have a limited number. So it actually is kind of like NBA timeouts now. Oh, like, you have a limited see, number of mound curious. visits. I think it's six. You can make six mound Still visits in a bad. game. That's not bad. But that's not just uh, catcher visits. Like if the pitching coach wants to come out of the dugout and talk to oh, the pitcher, that counts as that. one. If the manager wants to come out. So any type of like pause of game, yeah. you get six. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. In a nine inning game. Because I liked the – I liked it. 
I like the feeling of like yeah. I want to go talk to my pitcher, so we're gonna. That's hold why off. I've always loved baseball. Like it's I wouldn't even say baseball is my favorite sport anymore. <laughs> I would say it probably is NBA basketball, but like baseball, like the team camaraderie in baseball, yeah. I think is very kind of old-fashioned like yeah. very fun and they have a lot of weird like isn't it one of the most superstitious yes. sports? lots like, of traditions very... lots of superstitions lots also, of unwritten, unwritten rules, rules. Yep. yeah that's something i know about base- like even though i don't watch a lot of baseball you know my dad loved baseball he he played baseball in high school at a private school because he was good enough to get a scholarship there's no Ooh. way there's no way my grandparents would have been able to afford for him to go to a nice school but because he was good they they paid for him and, and baseball was what you were best at too, right? But you I just was, didn't want to play it. I was a decent at baseball when I would play with my friends, and I was decent at soccer because I'm Mexican. <laughs> it's in my blood. Only you can make that joke. <laughs> I know you can. I was going to set it I up just for have you to, to smile make it, and not. You didn't do it. <laughs> I would make that joke to you in private. Yeah, but I would do not do that audio. on a podcast. Yeah, Trace is black. <laughs> just kidding. He's a white. I wouldn't make that joke on a podcast either. <laughs> I, I'm sure they can tell by Trace. my voice that I am white as shit. So. <laughs> But Trace could be a black guy's name. It's kind of cool. You do have a we very can move cool on name. from that talking point. Oh, we, that black people have just... cool names. Okay, cool. <laughs> no. Yeah, no problem. I'm just complimenting them. Uh, but oh yeah, God. I feel like I like it's a very. I could see how it's like America's pastime. The way they like to say that because it has that vibe of like, ah, eh, we're just having a good time it's out a, here. It feels like people describe <laughs> baseball as like a game, not a sport. You know, yeah, like it yeah, obviously yeah. is a sport. Guys are throwing a ball 100 miles per hour and. Yeah you know, hitting it even faster than that. Very mathematical. Right? But it's it does have kind of qualities of a game where it feels like there's a leisurely bit to it. And like yeah. I said, since there's 162 games in the season, no, you can't point to one game in a season and be like, well, this is where we lost it all. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it's, it's you've got to take the whole, it's like a, mar- it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like it's that cliche. Yeah. You know? Whereas like football, you can point at one point in the season and be oh, like, yeah, got, yeah this is where it all went downhill. <laughs> Usually As a Longhorns in... fan, like last year's OU yeah. game at halftime when we were up by like three touchdowns and then came out and crapped the bed, that was where the season was lost, yeah. like right there. You can't do that with baseball. Yeah, football is like one of those sports where it's like you can like be kicking ass at the beginning of the season, but if you can't bring it in November, you just lose. Yeah. Well, there's only 16 You're games. It's like every game really matters, you know? <laughs> every game does not too. really matter in baseball. That's what's kind of cool is like I, it always bothered me in football. That if you get injuries, like, uh, you know, there's tons of Cowboys fans in San Antonio. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but there's a ton of them. And I remember when Dak. You used to be. I, I was brought up as one. Don't lie. I was brought up as one. I can't, I, can't hey, do anything about that. I had a stint that. as a Cowboys fan, too. We all have. Yeah, we we've all dated her. But, yeah, so I can't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> was... Well, we basically got to Randy Newman's song. And then we, we kind of mentioned this in the we talked a lot about San Antonio Spurs talk. Because, yeah. like, the whole premise of the movie is that basically they're just trying to. Yeah. The owner is trying to tank the team so she can move him to Miami, which is hilarious. Because and I like her character. Not too far. This was made in 88, 87, 88, 89, whatever. And so, like, in the mid-90s, the Florida Marlins, which were based in Miami, now they're called the Miami Marlins, actually did become, like, an expansion team. So it kind of made the whole wow. premise of this movie kind of moot. You know, that, it's like, yeah. so any kid watching the movie now is like, but there's already a team in Miami. Like, Yeah, what, so, when this was, so when this movie was made, there wasn't there was a no Miami team. There was no baseball team Florida in Miami. Team. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't even know that. I was just yep. sort of like, oh, maybe they're just creating their own little universe. Right. But. Now you'd have to do the movie and be like, oh, we want to move a team to Austin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Nashville or something. Yeah, something you know? like that. I, I do like 
the fact that they used like actual MLB teams. I think that's fun. Yeah, you know, I feel like I always find it interesting when they actually know. go through the work to like get the licenses. You know, yeah, I'm sure I, back then it was a lot cheaper to do than it is now, but. When, and especially a movie this irreverent. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you, like, MLB would not want to be in on this now, you know? And also, were the Cleveland Indians known for not being good back then? Well, like, or? Cleveland kind of has, and you probably remember this from, like, when LeBron and the Cavs won the championship a couple of years ago. Just notoriously. Like, the whole city of Cleveland was, like, I think at, before that championship in 2016, was, like, the most championship-starved city in the United States where like the Browns had been terrible for forever and they hadn't won all oh, the Browns. Were... They had never won a Super Bowl, yeah. but like the last time they won like an NFL championship, even before the Super Bowl era was like the fifties. The Indians haven't won the a world series since the fifties. They still haven't. And then the Cavs hadn't ever won an NBA championship until 2016. So yeah, the Cavs were pretty, they were rough for a pretty, long time. Janky. They were just most known for the, the Michael Jordan shot over, What's his name? Craig Elo. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was like their most famous moment. Being known for <laughs> having he just collapses to the floor after that <laughs> shot. Like, woof. <laughs> Poor guy. He was a good player, too. But. Yeah. There's just something about Cleveland. I don't know if it's the name of it. I've never been there, so I can't Me judge neither. the city. Me but neither. It just gives a vibe of. I like, have a friend. Ho-hum. She's from Columbus. <laughs> like, she born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. And anytime she talks about Cleveland, it's like, ugh, Cleveland. <laughs> Like, it's like that. So it is something. Yeah. It's kind of like how Texans would talk about, like, Corpus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm kidding, Corpus. Maybe, know. like, Amarillo or something. It's like, yeah, oof. It's like, oof. No, you know what it is? You know what it is? Cleveland is the Lubbock. Cleveland is the oh, Lubbock of the Ohio, Lubbock. from what from what I gather. Yeah, the like, vibe. Yeah, it's like energy. anytime Texans talk about Lubbock, we're like, oof, Lubbock. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, so it's the Sacramento of... <laughs> Let's go state by state. You I know? know, just like insult every major, yeah. like, major I, I'm city. I'm pretty sure, like, love it. And as a died on the wool longhorn, like, I hate, I hate Texas Tech. I hate the yeah. Red Raiders. So you know, it's but but no matter your college loyalty, even Red Raider fans will be like, yeah, love it. It's pretty rough. Kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. We they try, but yeah, it was. It, I do like. I do like. Um, what's her name? Phelps something. Phelps. Rachel Phelps. Rachel Phelps. She does a really great job. Played by. Uh, Margaret Witten. I don't know what else she's been, and y'all could look it up. But this is an interesting movie in that I feel like there's a few m- mega stars. Like there this is kind of what made their career. And, coming, yeah. and then there's been a lot of characters who, yeah. like the actors, just basically did nothing after this yeah. movie. Maybe they did TV or something. Like, this is fresh in my mind because we just saw the end of the movie like 30 minutes ago. We did. But uh, Mrs. Dorn, the one who you know ends up sleeping with Charlie Sheen's character yeah. later in the movie. This was like her only movie credit. This is what she did, and then after this, she went and just like became really? a mom and went to grad school. You looked that up? I saw it randomly on IMDb when I was like, <laughs> like a, I don't remember her name, of course, but I remember these weird yeah. facts about her. But yeah, like that, that was amazing. that's like basically her only movie, and she's damn good in it. Like I think she does a really yeah, good the, job. The, the bits that she gets, like I do like the part where, you know, the team is starting to get good, and they have that one game where they only win. Because basically Jake does like this, like almost like a tricky thing because Vaughn throw Vaughn is kind of like his pitches aren't doing great. His arm feels like rubber and the, the batter's able to get a hit off. And then what's his name? Uh, uh, Doyle or no, not Doyle. Dorn. Uh, Dorn. He, <laughs> you can't remember. Doyle that and Dorn. Dorn. Some white guy dorky rich, last The name. rich white of the yeah. team. <laughs> He's he's a he doesn't want to take any hits. He doesn't want to. He's gotten hit with yeah. the eye before, and he's very rich. So it's a business decision. Yes, in his mind, he's like baseball isn't my life. 
Like, I have a whole other shit ready to go after this. And he lets the ball pretty much. He does an ole, kind of like a, you know, like a bad defensive yeah. player in the NBA. Where yeah, they it's just like let a guy he can just him. dunk. I'm not going to try and block yes. him. And I like that Jake goes back to his house and he tells him that he would like, I don't know. He says, like, I'll fucking kill you or something if you let that happen again. It's all up in his face. And then his, Dorn's wife is like, uh, lemonade, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> or t- tea, anybody? Yeah, whatever tea. it is. And they're, like, living this super nice little, like, mini mansion or whatever. He's I always, like that scene. What I like about him is, like, this is the most me-ass thing ever. I, like, watched it. I was like, Daniel would look at that and be like, that's Trace. Is every yeah. single shot that they're in the locker room, Dorn is reading the Wall Street Journal. Oh like he's just he's sitting there on his like chair and he's like that. flips out the Wall Street Journal. He's just reading the Wall Street Journal like <laughs> during pregame. I'm like, yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I'd be doing. Is reading. It, for me, it'd be the New York Times. But yeah, you know, New York Times. that's what we always did at work. Is like you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, just read the New York Times. <laughs> and he is played by Corbin Benson, who's been in a ton of shit. I recognize him, and I recognize him more as an older guy uh, than uh, a younger cat. But he plays that like kind of snotty rich yeah. guy super super the casting in this is it's excellent. really good like, i don't feel like there's anyone that you're like that feels kind of out of place like every single character again it, which is so funny because some of them just become absolute like hollywood stars and yeah. others just this is kind of their biggest role ever but yeah. everyone fits perfectly in their role just like on a good sports team like everyone fits perfectly yeah. in their role and it just works you got i think that's i mean I only played sports through when I was a little kid through middle school. I didn't play in high school, but there is something about like it's a bunch of people that have completely different personality. Like you're just throwing in a bunch of people that are so freaking different and you have to figure out one in baseball, too. It's like baseball is kind of famous in that, like in the NBA, like there's kind of a minimum height that you have to be like you have to be at least like, you know, six, got to be some kind of three, (laughs) six, four, like minimum (laughs) to make it in the league like football. You got to be a big dude. Like, if you're not big, you got to be really freaking fast. Like, you got to be – baseball, it's like – I mean – You can be a little chunky. Like, Babe Ruth, like, probably the greatest hitter of all time. Big old fat guy. You know? chunky guy. Jose Altuve, my favorite Astro of all time. He's like 5'5". Yeah, he's like the size of my wife. So it's just like you can can be huge. You can be tiny. You can be fat. You can be, you know, super athletic and skinny. It's just about having the skill set. Yeah, it's it's very much a skill-based game game as opposed to like pure athleticism. It's amazing. And we did notice, uh, at first you didn't notice, but we noticed that Dennis Haysbert is in this and he is the... That blew uh, my mind when you called that. you in good hands? The All-State guy. (laughs) The All-State guy. He plays Pedro Serrano. Yeah, he plays... By the way, so this movie is very much stuck in the 80s, and it's one of those movies oh, yeah. Disclaimer where time. you get a lot of stereotypical things. You get uh, uh, Serrano, who's this, like, voodoo guy. He's, he's a voodoo. First of all, he's an African-American actor playing a Cuban. Playing a Cuban, so he's doing a Spanish accent. He's got, like, a full, like, uh, uh, what do you call it, a... a Alter. He's got like a full yeah. altar. Leans into the whole Cubans do voodoo. And he plays to like a made up. <laughs> it's it's, I'm, it's, it's I'm awkward. I'm not even in a voodoo, it's but awkward. I'm confident this is a made up god or something. Oh, yeah. It's like a little doll. Yeah, he's got Jobu. <laughs> Jobu. Yeah, he's got Jobu. It's one of those things that's probably really funny in the late 80s, early yeah. 90s, and it's, now you kind of look at it. Now you're just like, you now cringe. I'm laughing because it's cringe. like so ridiculously yeah. stupid. I said this as we were watching the end. I was like, the difference between you and me is like, you lived through this. You're seven yes. years older than me. Yeah. So you lived through this, and you're I like, did. that's how it was back then. Yes. And I, I mean, I sort of did, but I was a little yeah. baby. And so now I look at it, and I'm like, 
I can't believe this is how it was back then. It wasn't quite like Trading Places where there's the whole, like, oh, Dan Aykroyd blackface, blackface yeah. scene that we had to do on the last podcast we were together. I, is this a thing with me and you? I'm yeah, just clearly, always make you uncomfortable. I'm, clearly anything is. <laughs> but this is my fault. I picked this movie, so. But, yes, and, of course, it's the Cleveland Indians where I'm not sure what their native population is out there, but I'm sure it's not as much as uh, even in San Antonio. But there's you get to see a lot of white people put their hand to their face and do the little oh, yeah. Native American it's sound. It's straight up horrible. And uh, you get to see a lot of white guys in headdresses and makeup on their face and shit like that. Lots of like Native American puns throughout the oh, whole yes. movie. Uh, it's on animation on the scoreboard. Not that this is some history lesson or something. No, but I know, like, but we're both, in the Midwest. No, I mean, yeah. there's there was a humongous you know Native American population back then. But obviously, it, it just turned into Changed. a literal campaign of genocide and death to, yeah. you know, sh- shovel them all into Oklahoma and Arizona and, <laughs> Go over there, you know, yeah. reservation places. And that's just what it yeah. was. So you still and you still see that, like in that Randy Newman song, it's talking about the Cuyahoga Rig- River, like Cuyahoga is not a white person. Word, Obviously, a you know, so, term, yeah, right. Yeah. And so they it's like we're going to just take all the like fun little like stereotypical shit. Right. We're not going to really care about your tradition. It's very cartoonish. And yeah, we're just going to focus on that. So you get a lot of that. And and uh, by the way, because I don't really follow baseball, I had to ask Trace. <laughs> the Cleveland Indians still called that. And apparently they go by a different Fine. name. So, okay. So that's the, sad, the saddest thing I think about watching this movie is you look at this. And it's one thing to look at a 1989 movie and be like, wow, I can't believe it was this way back then. That was over 30 years ago. Yeah. And it was literally just this past off season. This is the very oh, just first. This? I didn't know it was that recent. This, this 2022 baseball season is the very first season that Cleveland has played. They're the Goombas under their now, new, right? <laughs> under their, I said, I was like, we got to have a podcast. We've got to have a segment where you're guessing what the new Cleveland <laughs> the, name is. I had to go Italian because that's the only one you can still use. So it's like, oh, we got to pick a new racist name. Yeah. But yeah, they they finally did. They retired the, they called it the Chief Wahoo logo, which is horrible in and of itself. But yeah. that cartoon red-faced, you know, yes. Native American logo that they used, they finally retired that like Good. maybe two, three years ago. That's right. They did. And so they just used like the Red Sea logo. But last year was the last year they actually played as the Indians. So now they are called the Cleveland. Warriors? <laughs> They're actually called the Cleveland Guardians now. Oh, the Guardians. Which oh, is that like, has something to do with their history. Yeah, so like there's – apparent. I'm no Cleveland expert either, but, I mean, it, there's, I guess, this bridge that is very famous in Cleveland that crosses, I guess, the Ohio River or whatever river is there in Cleveland, and it has these statues that are very famous, and they're called the Guardians of the City or something. Yeah. So it's it's a very city-centric, you yeah, know, Yeah, it's something that name. not so old, and, you know, it's – and Guardians is, could be anything. Like, right. It's, it, you and so now, like, their logo is literally just, like, a G with, like, little wings on it, you know? Like, okay. almost like the winged horse-looking wings, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not some amazing rebrand, but it's, like... I mean, still... Thankfully, we're it, in 2022, and my children are never going to know yeah. the Cleveland Indians. Well, like, they're never going to have to know like, that. It's insane how long the Washington Redskins had their name. Right. That a long time to be called, and there's still there's. I mean, the Atlanta Braves still yeah. exist. You know, they're, the, the Kansas City exist. Chiefs still exist. Like, there's still yeah. Native American. They just try to keep names. any kind of yeah. native imagery out. They yep. just like keep to their symbol, symbols and stuff. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, we did we did our part 
in talking about this because it is a big part. You notice it now. Yeah, it's it's I definitely think in 89, people are like, oh, it's fun. Uh, I like doing a rain let's dance. Let's make fun of them, yeah. <laughs> you know? And for so long, I mean, the, the fans in Cleveland very much resisted. Like, we cannot take this yeah. name well, they, away. They probably literally had, like, the chance, and they probably did, yep. like, some kind of bullshit, like, with their hands. Yep, and, and I think finally just good conscience mm-hmm. went out and said we can't and the chiefs still we can't do, do this, this anymore the chiefs yeah. still do that Braves fans still do the chant yeah you know, and it's, it's it's not okay uh, yeah it's a bummer but you know i'm glad that eventually things are starting things to do change, change. I, I think it it'll be i'd be surprised if you and i get to old age and these mm-hmm. all of the any of these native american co-opted names are still around yeah now. you know i it, it, in the thing i think with sports it's so tough because it's so based on tradition yeah so it's so hard to change anything about it well i don't i don't want to do a play on words here but it really is tribal like it really is so like this is my identity like sports fans really try and like take on this identity and i've definitely been guilty of that too money in the team yeah these people this is just yeah these are professionals (laughs) and i think that's kind of made some of my distance from sports in these past few Mm -hmm. years is realizing like it is a business. It like is. it is. Yeah. Like kind of like what about, we were talking about with the Spurs. Yep. This is just about getting your money. It's a and like, you know. It's a shame, so, but it's entertainment. It's entertainment. it's entertainment. it's entertainment. It's just a show. That's why I think I think that's why like I remember hating on professional wrestling, like your WWF stuff and right. all that. I did I the was, same thing. When I was like in I made college. fun of wrestling fans all I still do. <laughs> and, I call them booger eaters. And, <laughs> and the older I get, the more I'm like they're no different than any yeah, other sport. It's pretty much the same. The, yeah, it's pretty much. If the anything, same. it's kind of more entertaining because they can actually script stuff, right. and make stuff happen. Everyone's bought in. Yeah, everyone's bought in. Like they know the deal. It's you fun. Know? It's like, not all that. Like you look at NBA free agency going on right now. It's kind of wrestling. It's the same. It's kind of wrestling. And frankly, fans care more now about the free agency bonanza. Mm-hmm. Like fans care more about where's Kyrie going to play yep. next year than they do and about the Warriors winning the championship. I think some fans like to see the post game conference or whatever. Yep. Sometimes more than the actual they game like the because reality they want to see like what's Kevin yeah. Durant going to get Ooh, mad what, at. You know, yeah, you what know? stuff are they going to say in the media? Yep. So and that's no different than in wrestling where they had the guy with the microphone and you yep. got, you know, Randy I think, Savage. I don't think there are a lot of kids these days. I hate on baseball for this, but like I don't think there are a lot of kids these days sitting down and watching a whole game of anything. No. Like football, they just NBA. Don't have the like they just don't have the attention span. span or the time. They probably and play I, video I mean, games I'm on gonna like, like I don't I don't sit there and watch a whole pro foot, like NFL game anymore. Yeah. I just turn on Red Zone and I like have it on while I'm just chilling and doing my stuff right. Like that's what I do now. I don't yeah. I don't sit there and watch like all of the Cowboys I'll Eagles the or something, game. you know. If I'm if it's my you're team, more bought in than me. So you're like, I, I'm a Texans fan, football. so I'm like I don't, I'm not going to subject myself to yeah. three hours of Texans football <laughs> every Sunday. Like I'm not going to do that. Genuinely, if I had to pick my favorite sport to watch, not necessarily to play, but I do like playing football. But to watch, I just love football. I hate that I wow. love it more than the NBA. Yes, bro. I know. I hate it. I hate that I love That's it fair. because That's I think fair. it's like. Not the best sport. It's like fucking well, it's, up guys' brains. It's South Texas, like I mean, you know. I know. As much as we love the Spurs here, like this is a football city. And I a like football, the technical football state. aspect of it. I like being able to read a defense. Like I learned how to read defenses when I was pretty young, and as a middle linebacker, when I was just in middle school, I was the one that was calling the defensive plays because I could see the. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, I'm rolling my eyes. I like at you. the nerdiness of it, you know, because <laughs> it is kind of nerdy. Yeah, you know, but um, but see, that's. Bring it back to baseball. That's what baseball fans get. Like that's why it's nerdy I, too. Yeah. Baseball was my favorite sport for so many years. 
because it was like I would always say, like it was a thinking man's game, you know. Yeah. Like it's not just the plebes who like football. It's not like just it entertainment. Was, like yeah, it's very, there's so much strategy time. and there's all this front office moves and stuff like that. And basically, all sports have kind of gotten that way, where yeah, everyone's much more bought an NBA free agency or what you know the transfer portal in college sports now. It's like yeah. baseball was kind of the pioneer of that of like, ooh, I'm gonna get really into the nitty gritty and. You can do that with any that sport Excel now. spreadsheet style of like this. We will mathematically be right. a better team this year. Yep, <laughs> it's true. And I want I'm you know covering Major League today. I know we haven't talked about the movie much, but covering Major League today, we're an hour. We've in. just covered anything that is Major episode. League. Major League Basketball. This is the sports podcast, yeah. yo, dude. This is this a is, special this edition. This is the sports ball podcast, I've decided it's sports ball podcast, yo. And, but no, like, <laughs> the fact. Think of something to say with Major League, please. <laughs> no, I will. But the fact that, I'm just letting it go, baby. Like, I don't <laughs> even care. But I want to put more of an effort into getting into baseball, man. When's the season start? <laughs> It's July 1st. We're literally in the dead middle of the season. Oh, shit. It runs April to October, dude. Come on. <laughs> okay. I'm going to jump in middle of the pack, middle of the season, because it is a long season. What if it I is. just jump it in is. now? Yeah. No, this, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. You're not even at – you're, like, right kind of at the halfway point of the season now. So now's the perfect time to jump in. However, if I know you and you're still going to want to stick to your Baltimore Orioles, they're terrible. I know they're bad. So just just, just maybe take this year, the rest Stros? of this year – no, 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 no. You don't even have to go Stros. Just, like, take the rest of this year and just consume baseball on, like, a general level. Like, whatever. Just, if there's a game on. Yeah. Watch. Like, let's just watch Rockies Diamondbacks or something. Like, I like, just, like the Rockies. Yeah. Just, like, enjoy the season. We'll, we'll go to a double-A San Antonio Missions game, you know? Yeah. Like, you can enjoy baseball at all levels. And I, I have really – I used to be such a diehard Astros fan, and it really – kind of messed with my brain and my first team to ever watch win a championship was my Houston Astros when they won in 2017 wow that was like the like my Longhorns won the national championship in 05 but I wasn't really a Longhorns fan then yeah um but like my first team to ever see win a championship was the Astros in 2017 and like the sad truth is like and you know this being a Spurs fan like it's great but you wake up the next day and I mean, you still got to go to work, you know, yeah, you still, still, it's like life, life moves on. So I kind of had to learn to just take a step back and enjoy the game mm-hmm. for the game. And yeah. that's why baseball movies are so good because a lot of times I think they're just kind of more enjoyable than Isn't that the game weird, itself, though, you know, that I feel like, and I, I could be off base. I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I feel like I'm a little bit naive or like I'm kind of noob with sports movies i've seen right. a good amount of them but a lot of times i only watch them once like i think i only saw remember the titans once but i do remember ironically <laughs> the titans i do remember the movie a little bit i do like the tennessee titans <laughs> actually i freaking hate the tennessee titans I know, don't I even get started on the tennessee titans for me oh the og oilers bro don't uh. even <laughs> this was going to be part of my argument with you in terms of the spurs if they ever moved like my family uh biggest oilers fans in the world well, that's right a whole other state biggest oilers fans in the world once they moved to tennessee like they were dead to my parents like my parents would like if, a divorce like, the tennessee titans played like freaking yeah. you know P- putin's russian football team right now <laughs> my parents would be all about russia man like they would never Iron they would never cheer for the titans again like houston 
You ask any Houstonian about the Titans, it's like, pfft, I mean, I know they'll just spit blood. on the ground, dude. There's bad blood. I met one guy, one guy ever, who's like, oh, I'm a Titans fan because they were the Oilers and they became the Titans. I'm like, who the fuck? Like, who yeah, are you? Like, it was here. so Tennessee. It was so weird. Like, I was just like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I guess the reason why I have any type of – is because if they were to go to Austin, it's not far. Like, I consider them a sister city in a way, so – I know. I think you're nicer than most San Antonians. I get. I, I know. I think I'm most probably San Antonians not would the, be like no way. Because I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the franchise. I care about the franchise. I want the franchise to make a shitload of money. I want <laughs> us to be able to get good players. You just want us to be like freaking Tesla or something. Like you just, I, just, I want to see us make the most money as possible. A little bit. I would love to go to a game and see. You know what's Oof, his name? That hurts, dude. That hurts me. I know. And I'm not. I'm not a, you're the lifelong San Antonian. I like mean, I'm not. I don't want to be Lakers level of like douchiness, but it would be nice to like be a cooler team but see but but see this is what i'm worrying about i always need season tickets you know this about me and i always go need season tickets in my life if we i'm not gonna like buy that. season tickets i can't go to austin on a tuesday night well i'm figuring they'll pull like, up I can't the stadium in san marcus or i'm not driving to san marcus on a tuesday no. night either no way dude <laughs> what if we get no way what if there's like a discounted bus we could take i don't, I don't think you understand what life is like with kids you can't uh, just driving <laughs> from my house to the east side to go to the first now that's like a freaking like i do love that the stadium is just like in this place where like it's like you're either in the area or it's you... pudo dude yeah like, that's, that's where pudo, the yeah. that's where the stadium's gotta be it is it's like you gotta go out go to the east side enjoy it good old to bring it back to major league though speaking yeah. of the stadium the yeah. stadium's horrible and that's the real Cleveland Stadium at yeah. the time. Oh, that is? Yeah. And so it's like <laughs> such a perfect encapsulation of what like MLB stadiums a lot of times looked like in the 80s and 90s. It's like now they build these like just beautiful oh, little yeah. like bespoke ballparks because they get all this city money. It's a freaking travesty. Like it's such a scam. I cannot believe. Oh, yeah. They convince municipalities like year in and year out. Give us all the like give us billions of dollars and we're going to like make the economy better. And they never do. But. Yeah. Um, back then it was like so many, like you literally, I don't know if you saw in like one of the wide shots of the Cleveland stadium in the movie, you can see Cleveland Browns on the outside of the stadium too. Cause the Browns and the Indians shared the stadium at the time. And so, so, oh, so, so many, yes, yeah, so many cities would have the Houston was the same way The Oilers played in the Astrodome. Wow. There wasn't a separate Oilers stadium. And that was a huge reason why the Oilers left. They wanted their own stadium Wow, and Houston wouldn't give it to them. So like no it's idea. back then it was all about like the 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 teams just weren't like what they are now like they weren't making nearly as much money yeah like it wasn't you and know you players weren't, weren't making like, let's, yeah let's consolidate this yep you know so it was just like hey this is where the Browns and the Indians play yeah and so I do remember it just looks like games. this hulking concrete monstrosity yeah. like it's just such an ugly giant hole such an ugly stadium I do remember seeing football games when I was a kid and I'd be always like why does it look like they're playing on a baseball yeah. field. <laughs> Yeah, you go look at old, like, Oilers highlights. Like, you just see – you can see, like, those Astros seats, like, yeah. in the dome, like, the red, orange, and, oh my and yellow, God. you know? Yeah, the stadium is rough. And and then uh, fucking Phelps just makes the stadium worse because oh, she, like, starts taking away their stuff and not fixing things. She sends them initially on, like, a shitty plane that looks like a war plane. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> it's sort of a Vietnam movie. And I love how – and here's the thing that was counterintuitive, and I love that the movie says this without saying it, is they picked a bunch of guys who are, I guess what you would call as blue-collar as you can get in terms right. of professional sports. Yeah. Not all of them were minimum pay guys at this point. Maybe at some point some of them were making money, but at this point they were used to being kind of the lower-grade type player. 
So none of this was going to affect them. They were just happy to be there. Yeah. So you could throw whatever the fuck you wanted of. You could take away whatever you want. My alternative is like you know going back to it's being a real like prison. going or working at a in grocery Charlie store. Sheen's. Yeah, in Charlie Sheen's case. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is like it starts right when we first see him. You just see his haircut and he's on the payphone and you're like, oh okay, like where is he? And then it like. Zoom cuts out, and yeah. then you see is like, oh, he's in prison. Yeah, and the one of the one of the better lines of the movie too. And yeah. you know, Wesley Snipes goes up to, him, he's like, where were you playing last year? He's like, California Penal. <laughs> he's like, hmm, never heard of it. <laughs> I gotta say, I have Charlie Sheen somehow steals this show in this movie and doesn't have a lot of lines. True, he's just so cool to see on camera. He has like this sort of aimless vibe he has that rookie kind of vibe about him where he doesn't know any better you know early charlie shane movies i you have to have seen platoon right yes platoon legendary one of the few movies i've actually seen i love platoon like one of my favorite movies of all time i've literally watched it once and that's one of those movies that i don't know that i'll ever watch again because after at the end of that i was just like staring at the tv with my mouth open like i could not believe because the charlie sheen that i know is like the freaking drunk you know two and a half men <laughs> dude who guy. just is like problematic to the max yeah but like seeing him be that good in platoon i was just blown away by how good he was and in this one same thing like he's so good and there are yeah. there are a few things in life that are just like indisputably cool like no one can argue that young charlie sheen is, is cool not as cool fuck. as shit dude like young amazing. elvis and young charlie sheen yeah. like no one looks at those guys and be like yeah, they're not cool. Like, no, they're yeah. they're fucking cool. Like, it's a shame, indisputably. Like, without if you took away all the experiences he had with drugs and all kinds of whatever shit that were going that was going on in his head throughout the late '90s and the early 2000s, and then on, he could be just at that same level yeah, as a Tom at, Cruise uh, or Tom Hanks you know? level. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. He could be like, a still just an absolute legend. And instead, he kind of just ruined his reputation, got stuck on TV, and made a shitload of money on TV. I mean, the guy is. Fine. Oh, financially. Yeah. <laughs> he was getting paid so much per episode. But could have been more. Could have been could more have been respectable more. actor, like more doing more. But it's a shame because you see him now and you, it's a, it, you're like, damn, he could have been in so much cool shit. But, yeah, he is <laughs> – I did not expect much from him because I thought, oh, he's going to be like the comedy foil. Right. But, no, he's, he's not comedic at all, really. I think he's one of the more serious yeah, actors, he's honestly, sort of the in this. Straight, yeah, he's kind yeah. of the straight character. He's like, very like me if I was actually a bad boy and actually <laughs> took risks in my life. Yeah, because he's bad boy. he always has that like trace face, you know, where it's like he someone does. says something to him and he's just looking at him like, "Okay, I will destroy you." Yeah, you know, it's because right. like... <laughs> he kind of. But unlike temper. me, he could actually back up his. He can you fight. Know, I'll kill you, face. Yeah, he can fight. He's got a temper. He has a lot of pride. He knows he's good, but it's he kind of like a mix of you and me. If you think a little about bit, it. yeah, a little bit of both of us. <laughs> And I have no temper at all, and I know that I'll never get in a fight in my life. <laughs> you do have a temper, but you just release it differently. I actually did write that down as a note because I knew you would have experience in this, and I wouldn't. But there's that scene where uh, Dorn pranks him, you yes. know, and he puts the red card in his locker at the end of spring training, like, oh, which means you're going to get cut. And so Charlie Sheen goes, you know, storms into the manager's office and is all like, I can't believe you're going to cut me. Like, I'm going to show you, blah, blah, blah. And the manager tells him, like, I didn't cut you. Someone's clearly been fucking with you. Yeah. And so he immediately right away, knows, knows, right immediately it's knows it's Dorn and goes out and just starts throwing haymakers, dog. Like, yeah. And there's the locker room brawl. And I wrote down in my notes, it's like, being in a locker room brawl has got to be fucking cool. Like, that's got to be cool. And so I it had is. to ask you, like, 
although I've never been in a fight in my life, not one physical altercation in my life in 30 mm-hmm. years, I kind of want to get in one because I kind of feel like yeah. that's kind of cool. You need like, to do it you know? now because it gets – as the older I get, the more I don't yeah, want to be in There's diminishing returns. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but right now you could recover. Nothing serious. Quickly. Nothing serious. I've got not. two kids at home, you know, like yeah. I want, <laughs> you know what? and I don't want it to be one-on-one because I don't want my skills no, to actually be challenged. Yeah. I just want something where I can kind of get in there and, and I can just of... like back up when I'm done, yeah. you know, Homer get the thrill that, that. and then be like, all right, like I'm not yeah. really going to, I'm just going to yell, <laughs> you know, but watching that locker room, bro, I'm like, that looks fun. Like that looks cool. It, it, it's, it happens a lot in those kind of environments where emotions are high and the, I mean, I, you played football. You had to have gotten into at least one or two yes, little dust-ups, you know? I was a kid, but, like, yes. And then even in high school, like, I, I know we were both – we both played in band. <laughs> yeah, my band. But I think our band was my very band different. My band definitely never got into any fights. So we did. We oh did. Oh, my gosh. And I did try to fight people. And what I love about it is you're so close and you're so, like, family that you can fight one day and then the next day you're like, hey, yo, like – I lost my temper. Yeah, that wouldn't have happened with and me. And you get over it. I, you know? I hold a grudge. Ah. Yeah. I hold a grudge. 100%. That's the thing. Yeah, that's why I would never That's fight. why you and I could never fight. I would never if fight. If we you. fought, I would never be your friend again. So you, I'm just one punch away from like ruining no, this friend. You would be the first punch, person to ever punch me. So You've never been punched in the never face? Never been punched. I, did we not just go over? I've never been in a fight. You said, I thought maybe never a brawl, <laughs> but maybe you've been decked at I least. didn't think you'd ever been in a fight, but I thought someone would have punched your ass by I now. honestly believe, not even just men, I think every person Here we go. should be punched in the face that's, once. I knew you were going to say that. Just once. Just once. I think it's go a ahead and say thing. like that's what's wrong with America today, right? That's what's wrong with America today, right? <laughs> These kids haven't been punched in the face. <laughs> well, not kids. These privileged kids. I think in high school. I think high school is a good time to get decked. You, that's when just I got admit decked. that you think a little bit of my privilege is due to the fact that I was never punched no! in the face. No, I think there's plenty of privileged people that get decked, but <laughs> <laughs> you just weren't one of them. But I think it's. I think it's good. I think it's good to just feel it. But I don't know. Maybe one of these days I'll put on the gloves. <laughs> Me and, okay, me and my I'll brother have you. boxed before. If we okay, count that, well, that, that does count. That does it. That feels like we were very intentionally holding back. Like neither yeah, of us was going to go full roundhouse on, on you. Yeah, because mm-hmm. one of us would have been crying for mommy, and that <laughs> one of us would have been me. <laughs> we all know I, I'm the younger brother, so of course I would have gone to mom. That's the best way to get out of it. I, I would have done the same thing, but um, but yeah, no, I love I love Vaughn's character. I love that he stands up for himself right away. Who is your favorite character in this? It's tough. Is man. it Lou Brown? I I would have I would have guessed Lou Brown for you. That that would have been my guess. I gotta go Lou Brown, and I and I, I do like Jake. I do like Jake. Jake he Taylor's was the corniest character, character for me. I, I think I they felt like pushed him into being the yes, protagonist. I literally like, wrote that down. It's like kind of an asshole. The, the romance feels forced does to me. It, I get yeah, that you you does, have you to round up. Without the romance, it's like then it's too thin of a plot. Like we talk about it's a simple plot, which is a good thing. But no romance, it's too thin. Yeah. But at the same time, you, I'm just like, I don't care about if yeah. they get together. Like this is not important to me. Yeah. It's basically a burnout ball player who was popular and was a douchebag. Loses a beautiful person who's really smart. Loses her because he's a douche and he cheats on her. Then he gets old and all of a sudden he's in the twilight of his career and he's like, oh, I made so many mistakes. I, I really didn't deserve her. I should be with her. Right. And he gets to get her back. No, fuck you. You're a fucking <laughs> asshole most of your life. You don't deserve Rene Russo. See, I think so. But he gets her. Yeah, he's the plot device. He like, is the plot device. We, we need him to move the story forward. I think my he's favorite the character. the movie, kind of. My favorite is Willie Mays Hayes. 
who is apparently Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Snipes. You're so full of shit. You're you're fucking with me. I am not kidding you. I if you put a real ass gun to my head right now and said name one other film that Wesley Snipes is in, I would literally be dead in your house. Everyone that's listening to this right now, Trace, I I, I told know. the listeners, I told them, <laughs> I do not know movies. You I just slapped something bring, on the floor. You have pitched before. You're like, you know what? Maybe you could be the permanent co-host of this. And I'm like, yeah. no, I couldn't because I have no <laughs> movie knowledge. Wesley Snipes is amazing. And the thing is, uh, I believe you. He was my favorite <laughs> character. He's very good. And I'm he's just super not young here. familiar with his filmography. And the way I found this out, everyone, is we were watching the end of the movie together because I was late in finishing it. And so Trace comes Typical. over. I know. And we're watching it. And I go, God, it's so weird to see Wesley Snipes so skinny. Who's that? And yeah, and <laughs> which then one's that? Trace one? is like, Wes, who? <laughs> Wesley, am I supposed to know who that is? <laughs> he has been in so the many name movies. rung like a semi-familiar you bell. Kind of recognize it, but I was just kind of like, okay, dude, New who Jack City. Guy? He was in Blade. Blade one, I've two, and three. You've, you've talked to me about Blade's that one. Great. You said that was one that we I've needed the cover on Superhero Soup yes. back in the day. And I don't know. We never did. I don't know if your wife would have liked it, but I think you would have liked it. It's a good time. He's also in the he's in Expendables three. That's one of his later ones. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the thing about one of the things about Wesley Snipes is he he went to I he, I believe he went to prison for a little bit because he was uh, like for, for real tax, for tax evasion. Oh nice. He was one of those that truly believe like I don't even. That's a cool crime. Taxes, God, you know, <laughs> rich guy crime. It's like I don't pay taxes. That's cool. <laughs> Like you hear someone, it's like, oh, he went to prison. It's like, mm, that's probably he was probably doing something terrible. It's like tax evasion. I'm like, you know what? That's sick. Yeah, like, that's, that's like cool crime. So technically, you missed. So he was gone from like mid 2000s for like a while. Well, there we go. So then. I think, and then you were a little kid when he was like big. Like yeah. when I was watching Thank all those you. movies in the 90s. So I think that's why you don't know him. That's so weird because I don't think listeners realize because most of my listeners are probably fucking saggy balls and shit. And <laughs> I don't know how many young listeners I have. Let's see how much more we can insult them in the time we have. Left. Oh, they know it. They've looked at them. And I think they that's look at them. <laughs> yeah, they got to because they're so low. But, dude, I think that is why, man. I think that is why you don't know Wesley Snipes. No, we talk about this all the time. Our age difference is. It's, it's weird. It's it, weird that we're such good friends because yes. we're just we really are from kind of different eras. Like yeah. I am like a died in the wool like middle of the middle Yet millennial millennial still like you I'm like but you're one. you're like a borderline you're a borderline and also I think it's because you're the youngest kid in your family and so you were really raised by well you were raised by boomers but then kind of raised by your siblings too who were all pretty solidly Gen Xers you know yeah yeah because yeah. you're like the one of the oldest millennials like you're you're the yeah. cutoff yep, yep so all of your siblings were Gen Xers. So you probably identify more with the Gen X side because that's what you grew up with. Whereas, like, yeah. me and my siblings, like, millennial as you can get, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're you're right in the thick of it. Right in the thick of it. <laughs> we're, we're tiring out here. <laughs> but luckily, there's not much movie left at this point. No. Yeah. No. We, we, we're kind of, like, basically the team's starting to do better. Lou's amazing. I love that he brings the team together. I knew that as soon as he found out, because the GM's the only person that has any sort of, he's still got a, like a little bit of a connection to the team. He still cares about the team. And he's trying to support the president, you know, fucking Phelps. And 
there's still a part of him that wants the team to do good. Right. You know? And so he eventually he does go to Lou and he's like, yeah, like, Phelps doesn't give a shit about y'all. He, you know, he tells, he basically tells, tells the plot the to Lou. Yep. And so then Lou sets up a team meeting and lets all the team members know. And of course, that's Jake's moment to stand up. Although I do like this, I, just to go back really quick, I do like this. My favorite scene in the movie is when Phelps comes in and uh, Lou is just butt naked with his fucking dong out. And everyone's like arms folded across his yeah, chest. He's just yeah. like, I don't like the way y'all rah, rah, like whatever he's saying. <laughs> and I just like how she's walking around and she's like slapping guys' asses. It's horrible. It's so <laughs> she is she is treating them like property straight yeah, up. Like that is the ultimate like props. owner yeah. player relationship that is toxic. It's like I literally own you. Like yeah. I own you I as a like, human. Salary, so I it's own that like life. gross like. It's master-slave relationship, yes, you know? Yes, It's pretty fucked up. And I think a big part of it is the movie kind of shows multiple – several times that she was originally a, a showgirl or something. Right. She's like she the kind of She was a very hot chick that some old guy of, married. Yeah, the, the original owner. The original owner. It's like if uh, Jerry Jones married some, like, hot stripper in yep. Vegas One and now she's the owner yeah. of the Cowboys – and so that's why she wants to go somewhere nicer. She's like, I don't want to be in Cleveland. I have all this money now. I don't want to spend Boo. it here. <laughs> it's all cold and You know shit. what? I get it, Rachel. I, I kind of do, too. Because I, I know it's, that's what's kind of tough about this movie is I'm like, I, I kind of get it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be stuck in Cleveland. But it snows there and shit, dude. What's funny to me about the whole, like, it's kind of the where the plot falls apart is, like, especially as we're getting to the end of the playoff game. Like, she talks about at the beginning of the movie, like, we have to keep attendance under, like, this figure. For us to, like, basically qualify to move the team. Yeah, it's like a loophole. And it's, like, clear that at the, by the end of the movie, it's like, why are you even cheering against them at this point? Like, just cheer for them so yeah. that you can make money off of them being winners. Like, you're, you're right. not going to move them. Like, clearly, look at all these fans. Like, it's a packed yeah. game. Like, you've already lost. It kind of so feels just, like... Just, it's a lost cause. Just cheer for the team, you know? It kind of feels like it's a principle now for her. Like, it's like, yeah. she's so stubborn. It's like, I just want I will get what so I want because I'm a rich white person. So, yes. yeah. So one scene I want to talk about that I don't know if it holds up now just from – I mean I guess it does, whatever. It's it's a sexy scene. But first of all, Jake is like a total stalker throughout this movie because he's so in love with Lynn. Yeah. He follows her constantly. This would be something it's that if this movie came out today, everyone would be like, this is problematic. or Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he knows he's fully aware – She's with this, like, douchey attorney guy, but he makes a shitload of money, and they're engaged. So it's not like she's just dating him. Like, right. this is a serious fucking relationship, and Jake just feels like, oh, I can just interrupt you whenever there's that scene where he breaks into the – well, he doesn't break in, but he just, like – Practically. Kind of just goes into <laughs> this guy's apartment thinking it's her place. And the guy totally, like, emasculates him, which yes. was badass. Yeah, like, that guy looks like move. a total dork. But he's like, no, come in and have a drink with us. And, like, basically, like, has the hand on the small of the back. I'm like, you know what? Respect, my guy. Like, it's that was move. a sick move. Because he knows, dude. That's that, some Daniel shit to pull right there. If I was like, rich. That was, yeah, <laughs> if I was that's rich. That's rich Daniel shit to pull. <laughs> Which might not ever happen, but rich Daniel would be unbearable, I think, for most people. 
But yes, I do like the fact he brings him in. He's just like, so what do you have planned for after your career? Which, why does he have, like, that old of people in there? Like, yes, they're, like they're hanging out with, like, bunch. it's like them and then, like, another young couple. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, like, these, these <laughs> it's like, who are they your parents? Like, who are these people? It's just like book club or what is this? I was thinking maybe they're from his firm, like the guys. Right. Yeah. His boss know, or something. You know, yeah. classically, of course, none of the women are lawyers, you know, so it's like the right. guys and like you have like the older guy that you're just trying to impress with your cool apartment. Something like that. But I remember one. Of, so one of the guys that has like a huge fucking kind of like mullet type Kelsey right. grammar shit going on. <laughs> And his wife seemed super hot for Jake at first. And then he goes, I make the player minimum. She goes, oh. Yeah, <laughs> she got like, well, super I'm dry. Like, you. <laughs> yeah, she was immediately like, yeah, I don't want you anymore, yep, dude. Never mind. But, yeah, this whole situation. And I, one thing I do love is very mustachioso of Jake, even though he doesn't have a mustache. The fact that they're like, obviously, it's a wine situation. Everyone's drinking wine or like a nice spirit, you know, a nice liquor. And they're like, the lawyer's like, what do you want to drink? And he goes, I'll take a beer. That's some dope shit. That's what I'm talking about. That is a mustache. You got Bud Light? <laughs> you got any Coors Banquets in that fridge? <laughs> Chubby bottle, please. I like it in the bottle. Don't pour it in a glass, please. Because they do pour it like in a nice little glass right. for him. A little tumbler. And I love that he's wearing like, I don't know, acid wash jeans and like a gross blazer. Just with what you wear in the 80s. <laughs> Which I got to give him respect. Like, it was creepy what he did to live, right? But at the same time. I also have to put it in the time where you probably experienced this in, like, your young dating years, whereas I did not. I very much started dating in the internet era. Yeah. But you had to hustle. Yes. For if a young lady some, back yeah. then, dude. Like, you had to get the phone number. You had to, like, call her. If it wasn't the right phone number, you had to find out where she lived. Like, there's dude. kind of that fine line between, like, being persistent <laughs> and being a stalker. There's a thin line. Which I think now is very obvious, but back then... I think back then it was then, maybe a little more blurry. I think back then, if you knew she was interested in you at all, like even if it was this much, it was you weren't a stalker because she was a stalker. To me, is you you um, seeking a woman who either doesn't know you exist, which is really creepy, or she knows you exist and she has shown you that she has no interest in you, and you're still willing to pursue her. You are a stalker. If you know there's a little snippet, or you had a past relationship. Then you're just kind of an asshole because you're, like, getting in the way of her relationship. And that's kind of what Jake is. He's sort of a stalkery. Right. There is He's always – at every stop on this relationship, like, there is a little bit of give and take. Yeah, like, you can tell she's – As much as I'm always the guy who's like, don't be an asshole. Just go away. Like, yeah. leave her alone. Like, obviously, the purpose of the writing in the romance was they're showing, like, with each successive meetup, it's like – Slowly. She's a little more, even until the point where they literally just like start like banging. That's the scene I was talking about where yeah, like they he's start asking her about their wedding yeah. and they start making out. Total power Could move. you imagine that? Where like, could you imagine? And that's when your you know fiance? it's toast. Like that's when you know like they're not going to get married. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but the idea of your fiance like, yeah, we're going to have it. And she's like making out with some other guy. I'm like, oh fuck. I just I know my wife Cinema so well. Like she would not ever be able to live with herself if she did uh, something so like that. Guilt. So you know, yeah, it, same. she's the purest human I know. So I I, I don't worry about that kind of thing. Yeah, but, but you yeah, know honestly, there's some point, fiancés that have with, done that with the kids I have and just like the life we've built. If my wife came to me and was like, you know what, I like totally just, you know, fooled around with this guy while we were engaged and like we you know did all kinds of stuff, I'd just be like, you know what, mad respect to you, homie. Like, uh, <laughs> Hope it was a good time. 
we got to go pick up the kids from school. Like, let's go. I can't do that without. You know? I can't do this without. I tell you. her all the time, like you, could, you literally have a get out of jail free card. You can cheat on me once, and I'll just be like, fine. Because it's it would be too hard to try and separate stuff at this point. I feel like, the same way. Just, Back when I was you're married, cool. it's fine. That's your, you get yeah. one free pass. Then after that, I'll call some lawyers. Yeah. But like, you get one freebie yeah. on me. Hey, it I happens. don't. I don't we're, we're it doesn't perfect. have to be mutual. I don't need the freebie. But like, yeah. you can have one because you're awesome. You know. Yeah, you know, I can't even imagine you doing that. Like, you're no. also a very loyal person. You're like loyal to too a much fault. work. <laughs> Too yeah, much work. That's why so I don't loyal. understand how people cheat because it's like you got to get the burner phone. You got to make up an excuse to be out of the house. Like it's just like <laughs> a burner phone. It's not worth it. It can't be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. For what? And you, For what? And you're so on point with the the effort that I used to have to make. I remember walking. So we only had one phone line, and Anna was two years older than me. So she was like. You know, when she was 16 and I was 14. Yeah, as the youngest, you were last to the phone. Yes. You had so the least she phone had the privileges. Phone, and so I would walk to the corner, collect change, and talk on the pay phone with my girlfriend. And I didn't know that if she would hustle, answer. Dude. There were some chances I'd go. That's, that's respect. Yeah, dude. And, like, it was amazing. And I'd be on that pay phone for, like, an hour standing. <laughs> See, I'm going to be telling these same stories to my kids, but it'll just be like, I would wait for that Facebook message to come in. <laughs> You and, know, and I couldn't even tell if she had read it. Yet. You know, it's like it, she didn't leave it on red. Like we didn't. I, she left that off in her setting, so I didn't know. I didn't know, and they'll be like, "Dad, I don't care. I don't care." I yeah, that's why I would never. say I just this to like a kid. can blink messages to my girlfriend now. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's like a neural implant, so eye, I don't. Yeah. I don't care, Dad. <laughs> I'm I'm having sex with a robot, Dad. Like I don't. I don't care about I don't, your. I don't even I care about your humans. gross human relationship. <laughs> Yeah, I know you haven't Sick. seen Demolition Man, but in Demolition Man, which has Wesley Snipes, there <laughs> isn't that the movie where the only like restaurant left is Taco Bell. Yes, because everyone tries to make that sound like that's like this horrible end of the world situation. I'm like, I want to live in that world. <laughs> I want to have the only restaurant be Taco Bell. That sounds amazing. So that's something me and Trace have in common, even though I am a mexicano from San Antonio, and I do love Mexican food. We and both so does Trace. Trace. Authentic taquerias. Authentic taquerias. But I also love Taco Bell. Taco Bell. I don't think it's that hard a concept to understand. It's like the closest thing to drugs for us because I feel like it's like we feel kind of – we understand it's a shameful thing, but we don't care. It's so If good. I go like a few days without it, I'm kind of like, I, I kind of need that. <laughs> I kind of need a crunch wrap right now. Scratching yeah. your neck. <laughs> like, it's a little problematic. I need my fix. Yep. So, there's just something about eating Taco Bell with a nice Baja Blast. It's just amazing. I don't know what to say about it. I think most people in America get this. It's just particularly San Antonio. Maybe. People will really shit on I you for know. liking Taco Bell. I think Taco there's Bell. a lot of... They just don't want to admit it. It's shameful yeah. to them. Like, because like... we have so many great Mexican options, yes. you can throw a rock in San Antonio and hit an incredible taqueria. Yeah. You can't... I, even in, like, a Houston or a Dallas... Or yeah. certainly in Austin, like you can't do that. And if you're like a business professional, like say you live in Seattle or you live somewhere in California and you're a business professional, you don't want to even admit it, but you know you like it. Bitch. It's, it's kind of like admitting that like <laughs> you wouldn't be like, oh, my favorite beer is uh, Miller Lite. Like I really, that's my yes, all time favorite beer. It's that. It's like you wouldn't say that, but yes. you drink a shitload but of Miller Lite. love it if you had that's it. That's just how it is. Yes. You know, we, we all like Coors Banquet. Okay. Yes. People look down on Coors Banquet, but it's actually pretty good. And it's like, oh, just to hold my – just to like as a facade of me being a classy person, I'm going to pretend I don't like Coors Banquet. It's just a – it's a sad It's the lawnmower thing. beer. We all drink it, all right? Yeah. Let's just have a good time and enjoy <laughs> it's it. It's the bowling alley beer. <laughs> it is a bowling alley beer. Damn, I would love that in a pitcher. It would be so good. 
But yes, so and by the way, this movie is a fucking Coors Banquet type movie. It is a Coors Banquet. It is the Coors this Banquet of movie. movies. It is a total beer movie. Like that is one thing I'll say. I think there's plenty of sports movies out there. There's so many of them. But there's something about this one, and I think, like, you know, the movie that I you say I always bring up, which is Slapshot, which I covered on the show. I do need to watch it. It's a total beer There's a mustache movie. in that. Oh, you've already done it? You've already done it? I have Slapshot. done it. I have Damn done it. it. Yes, I have done it. Well, in, like, ten years when this podcast is still going, we'll, like, revisit Slapshot and Yo, just do I'm it again. Fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with just drinking beers and watching it after this. But, yeah, <laughs> but it's amazing to me. I don't know. But this is a very good beer movie. I was shocked to see. So at some point they do mention the club is sixty and sixty one. So was that like is that like a mediocre? That's team? not bad. Is that like like that's not bad. That's and not like I bad think as that's the where, If I remember right, like that's kind of where they get to the point where they're like, we're not great, but like that's a turning point. Like Rachel is talking, the owner is talking about that's like the pivot. This is not. We can't be this good. Like she wants yes. them to be worse, and the team's kind of like holding on surprisingly to yeah. being. A 500 team like that's pretty close. good that's pretty good you know and so that's where they kind of make that meteoric rise yeah. like after well they that. make the cardboard cutout yep. of, of the president and you can peel off pieces of it as they win and i think they just need to win like 30 some odd games i can't remember exactly how many but uh lou mentions if we just got to win this many games to make the playoffs and uh and everyone's like well let's let's fucking do it like all of a sudden i feel like Everyone becomes selfless for a moment. Right. And that's where all of a sudden. I have always wondered about that that famous line, though, from Jake Taylor, where he says, we got to win the whole fucking thing. I don't understand the delivery in that moment. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, I do know. He's sitting there going like, we got to win the whole fucking thing. It's like he barely wants to say, and I'm not sure, like. I think is he, he trying to trying make to... it kind of dramatic? Like, and I th- I thought he did a pretty good job. Like, he's okay. throughout the whole movie, he's okay. But it's like I was like, are you trying? It's like he almost like started saying it, and then he's like, no, nah, I kind of regret saying. It. We've all done that in a meeting where it's yeah. like, I've got an idea. It's like, what's your idea? And you're like, uh, I don't want to. And it's also a little bit it. like insane to even like yeah. jump to like it's like he barely wants to verbalize thing. it, but then he's still just like fucking. Bang. I mean, if, okay, <laughs> so you're like, a writer. Okay. What what was the line you would give him? No, no, no. I like the line. I okay. like the line because I feel like I would have. I, I am no acting. I know nothing about acting. Like so, literally oh, zero. So it was more the um, the delivery. delivery. I, I like not that he needs to come out. But we're doing the whole thing, guys, and like <laughs> you know, Breakfast Club, like fist in the air. But like, I just thought there'd be a little. It, he it almost sounded like me reading that line where I just be like, "Let's win the whole fucking thing," and everyone's like, yeah. "Wow, I feel so inspired right now." And Thanks. that's the thing. His Jake's whole energy is kind of like. It's very Kevin Costnery. Like Kevin Costner is one of those guys that like I what, what I've heard from like other people that have mentioned him or that have acted with him when you're watching him like what say he's doing a scene with somebody and you're watching him from outside of the scene, it looks like he's doing nothing. Right? He's just like blah, 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 blah. like he barely even enunciates. And he barely even Are you even acting? Bro? Yeah, are you really Do doing you even it? lift? Are you projecting? Do you even act? <laughs> But then you see it on film, and it's like, wow! Like it's it, you feel it. I think right. that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, <laughs> but it just—it's a nitpick. It's a nitpick, but it is kind of like one of the pivotal lines yeah. in the whole. He movie. He does try to be gruffy, cool guy. Would you have written it differently? I don't feel like I would have written it differently. I like. I would have written it sort of something like, "Let's throw it in her face," without really saying like, because I feel like. Let's win the whole damn thing. Sounds a little overzealous to me, or a little too dr- like okay. pipe dreamy, because. In my opinion, so in the end of this movie, they win a playoff game, which both me and Trace were like, 
what is this game? Because they're, like, celebrating so big. But it turns out it's a playoff game. But yeah, because I, this wouldn't have even been the World Series because no. baseball nerd time. But, like, the Cleveland and New York, they're both in the American League. So, oh. like, the World Series is always between be an American League team and a National League team. And I don't know. Maybe, they didn't specify, like, what round of the playoffs the this playoff is or anything game. like Maybe this was to go to the World Series, which is still obviously a huge deal. I feel like maybe that's you know? what they were trying to give off because the celebration was so big that it kind of feels like they're going to go to the World Series. Right. But well, and again, at this point, it's like you've accomplished your goal anyway. Like the goal was to show her that we can win and we can keep this team in yes. Cleveland. And they already did that. So yeah. it doesn't really matter if they win the World yeah, Series or anything after that. Yeah, it's not the point that. of like, the movie. And yeah. that could be probably a little too – you're laying it on too thick it's at that point. Too it's like we won the World miracle-y. Series, you know. And yeah. we've, we've, we're talking about this with other baseball movies. It's like a lot of baseball movies focus on winning the pennant, which means winning your league, the American yeah. League or the National League. Like Angels in the Outfield, it wasn't about winning the World Series. It was about winning the pennant. Yeah, you know, winning the American League. It's just kind of a funny thing about baseball movies, but a lot of them just focus on that for some reason. And I hate to, like, I know we've been going back and forth with different sports leagues and stuff, but, like, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of way before the Curry Warriors, when the Warriors were actually, I actually thought they were kind of cool before the that time, back when the Warriors beat Dallas in the first round. And they were supposed to, like, com- like Dallas was predicted to, like, completely just clean them up and get through that. And the Warriors were able to pull it off and beat them in that round. It kind of felt like that vibe of, like, these guys are complete underdogs. Nobody really – there were just kind of a, a mishmash of different guys from that come from different teams. And they had, had players that were just happening to, like, play very good. I uh, forget the point guard's name. Jesus. But he was, only, he was good, like, really good for, like, three seasons and then just, like, disappeared. For which team? For the Warriors. Oh, Baron Davis? Baron Davis. Yeah, Baron Davis. Baron Davis was legit. Man. He was legit, but like it was a little like he was good with the Hornets for a while too. He was, but he was at the Hornets. So, but yeah, he knew. definitely not, definitely not like a Steph Curry level, you know, yeah. or anywhere in that universe. But know? he was like one of those big guys, he was like a that solid was player. Yeah, solid player, gutsy player. And I just remember seeing that, and I felt that feeling of like, who cares if they don't win the championship? Oh, that yeah. was their season. That's their championship. That's it. That's yes. their championship. Like an eight seed beating a one seed. It's fun. It's yeah. like, well, fuck it. Who cares what happens now? Right. It's just bonus. I, I and know they you're not like a college basketball person, but it's the same thing with St. Mary's. Or not St. Mary's. What was their name? I don't even remember. Some fr- there was St. Some, John's? There's some tiny school. I, of course, can't remember now. But like, St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Okay, I remember that. They were the yeah. ones that, like, they beat Kentucky in the March Madness tournament this year. Jeez. They beat, like, all the – Purdue, like, all these really big teams. That have so much That have all these blue-chip prospects. Yeah. yeah, like, the best the best high school players in the nation go to these programs. And then little St. Peter's out of New Jersey comes in. Just a, comes it's in that classic, place. like, sports Cinderella story. Like, yeah. it never gets old, you know. And, like, even if they don't win the championship, you still feel some sort of pride and, like, excitement and – I think that's what this movie cares more about. It's not so much they're going to win. Like, even though that line is there, I think it really was like, let's just throw it in her face. Right. She thought we were going to lose. She thought we were going to lose this team. And the whole plan was basically to, I think Lou tells them that basically after the season, she's just going to wave y'all and you're probably going to go back to the minors or some of y'all going to have to retire. And I think what's cool about this movie is basically – they have shown that they can win. So even if they were to get rid of the team, a lot of these players can just go to another team yeah. now. They're, they're they've proven tradable. themselves. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of awesome. 
Um, and we kind of see like a lot of the players that had issues with different things in this playoff game. They're finally overcoming them. I think um, uh, Allstate guy. <laughs> Pedro Serrano. Pedro Serrano, Allstate guy. He finally is able to like shake his fear. He stops leaning on the, the right. religion. Trusts in himself. Trusts in himself. It stops leaning on uh, the the spiritual aspect of it. Just trust in his skills, and he's able to freaking knock it out. Snipes comes in. Wesley Snipes is like kind of like, I think he's the one that gets the last home run, right? He scores the winning run. Scores the winning he gets run. Gets that infield single, steals second. And by the way, I love the bit at the beginning of the movie where he wasn't even on the he was not even on the he list wasn't to even be invited on the list to camp of terrible players. Yeah. And so he just goes because I get they have no up. background. He right. just shows up and the, <laughs> instead of letting him know that he's not on the list, he needs to go. They just have Cleveland Indian, I don't know, work like staff guys go and lift him out of his bed while he's asleep in his pajamas, and then take him outside. Yeah, all like Full Metal Jacket shit. <laughs> so yeah, so he wakes up and it's funny. He goes, "Oh shit, I'm already late." <laughs> For the first day. And then starts sprinting in his pajamas. In his PJs. And beats proves everybody. himself. Yeah. And just immediately loses. Get like, that man a uniform. Get that man a uniform. And that weird voice that he's got. Yeah. But his, I think, I that's the thing is like there's just so many characters in this movie that make it fun to watch. Like you're never really tired of like watching a play. I, I would say except for maybe like the religious one guy. Like that. He was so great though. He's he was so, so good. funny to He's me. He's fun to like not like, but you also don't. Hate and then him. you see at the end, like when that, you know, when uh, Jake Taylor's calling a shot, you know, and the, the Yankees pitcher like throws at him intentionally. Like, you still see him. Like, he's even part of the team, too, where he's up on the top step, like, screaming at yeah, the pitcher, dude. telling him to back up. Like, it's just, like, they're all in it, like, they're together it at together. that point. Every single player. Yeah. All different people, and they just find a way, man. And then Vaughn comes in in that – because he has to deal with not starting for the – you know, in the game for the, the Yankees because he had lost already twice to them and kind of choked. And so they decided to start the old guy. And they bring in Vaughn, and he comes into, like, some, like, wild thing. Right. Because that's what they call him. And that made me and Trace start thinking about what would be our intro music if we were to walk into a stadium and we're a big-time player and we want some people to start feeling our vibe, just feel our just fucking girth, just like... I, the hand motion you're doing right now is not... <laughs> I know, I forget that I'm people... not into that. Whatever, <laughs> whatever that is, like, let's not associate me with that at all. So. <laughs> okay, I can go first. Like, you know the okay. answer for me as the type of person I am. It would have to be something that's, like, trolly. Like, I would absolutely I just want totally. to, like, screw with people with it. One of my fa- like one of my favorite things right now, I forget who it is, but there's some player on, like, the Detroit Tigers or something right now who is literally... His walk-up music has he's he's a position player, so he's he's not a pitcher. He bats. So like the when you go up to bat, you get your walk-up music as a batter, and when you come out from the bullpen, you get your walk-up music as a pitcher. Um, and his walk-up music right now as a batter is the Super Mario theme, just oh, like the that's straight up. Right, you said bam, that bam, to bam, me. Bam, bam, bam. It's it's just like <laughs> the type of music that players usually pick is like some sort of like so rock, heavy, song rock song or like. Or... Maybe maybe even like a country song or something. Yeah. Like a lot of the Latin players will pick like you know a salsa or so like something that they yeah. like you know or whatever. And like this guy straight up walks up to like the Super Mario Bros theme. And so I would have to pick like I would I would want to be deeper track than that you know like a, I like a slightly it. deeper track nerd. So like 
maybe something from like Mega Man X or something, you know, where it's like, Ooh, this is that's a good this one. This is dorky, but it's kind of like if you know, you know, you know. So yeah, I don't yeah. have a specific thing, but like maybe maybe that Mega Man X main theme or something I would pick, and that is officially would be the dorkiest MLB walk up music that exists. So if I was gonna go dorky or like I didn't want to say dorky, but like the um, if we're gonna go the video game route, especially retro. No, no, you don't have to go video game route, though. You well, can pick anything. So here's my thing. So I have – well, if I was going to go, I would go Super Castlevania Simon's theme. Okay. Um, one of the best. Dun, 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 dun. So good. You could walk out to basically any Castlevania music and, and it's all it epic. would be badass. It's basically yeah. metal in right. it's the just, little you know, bit tunes or whatever Publicly acceptable metal. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that your mom can walk by and be like, oh, you're playing the vampire game again. I would start off with um, – like a, some kind of symphony for like four seconds. Like it's just some sort of like, or maybe Pavarotti or something, right? <laughs> for four seconds, like, and then and then somehow blend it to where it's like, dun, 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 and then go the back in black, yeah. dude. <laughs> I would do something like that where you kind of trick the the, the the listeners, or I guess hire some local DJ to like stitch something really yeah, sick like together a weird for you. Mix. It would be symphonic to back in black. AC/DC. I was figuring you were going to pick an ACDC song, which I would be perfect. They're which just would be perfect. perfect for arenas. Perfect like, for arenas. Arena rock. Basically, so core. for your reference, basically the most famous relief pitcher, which is what obviously Wild Thing was doing at this point in the movie, the most famous relief pitcher of all time in Major League Baseball history, relatively agreed upon, is Mariano Rivera who was the Yankees closer for many, many, many years. And he always uh, came in to enter Sandman. Ah, don't, don't, so, don't. Yeah, that's a classic. Know? That's very in the back in black vein of like. Maybe it was Trevor Hoffman. I may have totally told that whole <laughs> story apocryphally. But there was a very famous closer in b- baseball who came in to enter Sandman. There's nobody was going to question you, by the way. You know what? There would have been some Yankee there fan out there. Been it wasn't. That was Trevor Hoffman. Maybe Tim so, Yobo would have questioned you know, that he's one, one or the other. Either Mariano Rivera and or Trevor Hoffman came out to uh, <laughs> enter Sandman. That's so. a good one. I like enter Sandman. I think Pantera would be fun. Five minutes alone. That's like. I'm nodding along. <laughs> As if I know. <laughs> Y'all know five minutes alone. Come on. I'm but, sure I'm literally sure everyone else but me knows this. I'm gonna have to play it. It's the Wesley Snipes of metal songs. <laughs> I'm gonna play it for you, dude. <laughs> you know what? Two songs we're gonna play after this recording. Okay. We're gonna play what was it, Detroit nineteen twenty seven? Louisiana nineteen twenty seven. Wrong state. And then we'll play uh, Detroit's not a state, but yes. <laughs> oh yeah, wrong city. <laughs> wrong place. <laughs> And then we'll play. Uh, we'll play uh, uh, five minutes. That's a hell of a back to back. I'm sure I, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So anyway, I oh, just one last thing I want to mention. I know we're going long. One last thing I want to mention: the American Express commercial. Was I wrote that so down too. Funny, dude. It was sick. So I would have. I already have an American Express, but I would have absolutely gone out <laughs> and opened up a card after that. That commercial, I the loved it. The cheesy acting, I loved it. They're all in and like tuxedos. That's, that's where I kind of <laughs> so got. Good. I kind of got some nostalgia. I'm finally getting old enough now for some of this. Where it's like, though, I remember those types of commercials. Where as they, a kid. they hire a guy to. It like, reminds me of like the commercial that you would see, like you'd see the Home Alone like trailer, Lost in New York trailer on TV, and you're like, oh, I want to see that. And then there would be an ad like this. Yes, you know, super like, cheesy. Oh. 
Yeah, like now you get like you know you have the AT and T girl who's like this super hot comedian and yeah. she's awesome. Kids have it great these days. Yeah, they can just we look got at, like you know random sports guy yeah. and he could barely add ads, ads like at their worst are just kind of like funny and they've got like Snoop Dogg and Andy Samberg. Yeah, in them it's now like, it's like damn. okay, like back then, just... uh, really good actors were like shameful yeah, it to was do like, that. You know, you would never, you would never. Now you got like Samuel L. Jackson selling you a fucking Capital yeah. One card. <laughs> They sell them to the, they sign them to these huge deals now. It's just it's like, amazing. Uh, we did not have that. We had the cheesiest shit. You, you get great up. commercials. Listeners, look up '90s commercials on YouTube. There's, Hell I yeah. guarantee you, there's a montage. Good times. We might need to watch one, and it is amazing how cheesy and cringy they were, but still, it hits, man. Yep. It just hits, and so this good. part hit. It, Snipes comes in and he does a snipe. He says something about if you're going to steal home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of the lines Here's really connected. Like they're make just sense. they're all saying random things like we're a baseball team and we've got our caps on. Like of course Vaughn's And if uh, you're stealing home, yeah. <laughs> it's just like we just literally picked random words to put in this commercial. Complete mess. American Express. It was basically like the Old Spice ads before Old Spice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's just think of random phrases to say. But like I'm on a horse. Trying you know? to make a yeah. commercial. Like the Old Spice was purposefully trying to be yeah. weird. It was basically making fun of those yeah. commercials, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Old Spice whoever that brand chart like whoever they hired for the marketing agency, geniuses. Absolute it always has geniuses. shelf life though, because now when it I does. see old now spice, I'm like, oh, stop. it's kind of another old. one. Oh yeah, yeah. That had like a so short-lived period of time yeah. of like, let's get weird with it. The and only thing that's eternal, work. that damn Geico lizard man. We're gonna be like a hundred years old, and the Geico lizard's still gonna be around. Geico and those lizard commercials and progressive. Will still be pretty um, good. Faye or yeah, well she's slow. Gonna, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna die eventually. eventually. The the Geico gecko. I like how you say she's gonna get old, and I'm like she's gonna die. Straight up be deceased. We're going to need a new flow. She's going to unlive. <laughs> well, you know, if her name's Flo, eventually she should probably do like Activia as a spokesperson. So. <laughs> and that's our sign. It's, it's impression time. So, you know, I feel like we're, we've talked about the movie quite a bit. They win the fucking game. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's a good time. But as you know, I do like to do a quick impression of some of my favorite scenes in the movies I cover on the podcast, yo. And we're going to do a couple. We're going to do two quick impressions. And I hope you enjoyed it. It's not going to be very good, but we're going to do a couple of quick impressions. This is a segment I like to call Quick Impressions. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to say anything. Like, I don't. I don't know. Quick Impressions. One hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air, sir. Don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> okay, so that's Harry Doyle and his assistant. By the way, we didn't talk much about Harry Doyle. Amazing. Bob Euchre, man. A real-life yeah. baseball legend. Oh, my God. Maybe the funniest in the movie? Yeah. One of the funniest. Very good. He's drinking the whole time. He's kind of like that guy that you say I'm like in that show... Um, the show that came oh, out. Oh, the Hank Azaria show? The Hank Azaria yeah, show. Yeah, I forget what it's called. I forget what it's called. Hank Azaria is a, is a baseball And he kind of is honing yeah. in on this kind of, he's got the yeah. shitty plaid blazers and he's drinking and getting fucked up and it's a good time. But I, anyway. I can't believe we didn't talk about Bob. I feel bad. I know. He was great though. We did touch on, for anyone that lasted this long, he was he's great. awesome. So don't feel bad if we didn't bring him up. Okay, here's another one. <clears throat> I've never heard of half of these guys. 
And the ones I do know are way past their prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. The fact is, we lost our two best players to free agency. We haven't won a pennant in over 35 years, and we haven't placed higher than fourth in the last 15. Obviously, it's time for some changes. This, this guy here is dead. <laughs> Cross him off, then. Thank you so much, Obvious. <laughs> Quick the Quick Impressions segment of the show. And as you know, I like to rate these movies by my favorite mustache. You have the full Fu Manchu recommendation for Hell Yeah. You have the walrus mustache for Pretty Damn Good. The horseshoe mustache, which we do get a horseshoe mustache of. One of the Yankees hitters that's like the big hitter. We, we were talking about this. He's the big husky hitter big guy. Big hitter guy. Yeah. Big hitter guy. Classic baseball movie trope there. Classic. And the, the horseshoe is kind of like, eh, not bad. And then, of course, you have the Hitler mustache for Burn This Movie in Hell. Trace, you can also invent a mustache if you'd like in your rating. You can be creative if you want, or you can pick one of the main categories. What would you rate this movie? I already don't remember the rankings. I uh, feel like you're probably a walrus. Whatever is, like, pretty damn good. Solid. Yeah, pretty damn be good. Walrus. And not, yeah, I'd go walrus then, because it it's very much, like you said, it's the Coors Banquet of movies. Like, you're never going to be like, this is my favorite movie of all time. Like, yeah. you absolutely need to watch this or else you don't know American film. But, like, you are, <laughs> I don't feel like anyone is going to walk away from this being like, what total trash. Like, that was such a horrible movie. Like, no. it is a cult classic. It is fun. And especially if you like sports or baseball in any way, like, it's just a good time. You, you have to see it, you know? Yeah. I, you know... I'm torn. I, I guess I would give this a, you know, sometimes I go by tiers. You know, I, I imagine three tiers per category. I would give this a top tier walrus. It's almost a full full Manchu for me. I wish it was maybe sometimes a little more silly, but, it, you know, it's a product of its time. And it and I have covered a lot of 80s movies in this, in this podcast, obviously, because there's so many mustaches in the 80s. And... I really had a good time with it. I the movie never gets boring. It's a actually longer than I thought it was going to be, but it doesn't feel long. It kept me interested in it. You got, you know, this romance that kind of feels a little stuffed in, like kind of shoehorned in, but it's still it's still fun. It's very 80s romance. And it's funny, and a lot of the jokes still hold up. Um and honestly, I would argue even if you don't give a shit about baseball or you're not a sports guy you'll still actually like this oh, movie yeah. yeah there's like, no sports you don't need to like sports you don't too, need to but or it know helps. anything about them you know yeah it that's what i but like for about a baseball it. fan like me it just adds it's a to little the, bit of adds to the fun yeah it adds to the atmosphere they do a good job to me for a movie that's supposed to be kind of a slapsticky type comedy in some in some aspects they actually capture that last playoff game in a yeah, pretty epic way. You surprisingly way. care at the end. You're like, are, yeah. are they going to win? Like, I hope they win. You know? It's good. The music's good. I, I like the sound. As much as we were, you know, talking about the soundtrack, I actually do like it. And I, I like the action that there they There are caught. so many worse 80s movie soundtracks oh, than this movie. Way worse. Not, not too bad overall. Renee Russo is just amazing to look at. She's got, like, all this fucking hair. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Just of like, course. She looks like a sexy lion. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I love it. But anyway, yes, I give this a top-tier walrus mustache. Um, normally we do plugs in this part of the show, but I know that you're not really doing much. But <laughs> honestly, 
he still has a podcast out there if you want to check it out. You check out Superhero Soup. We talked about it in the beginning of the show, so go check it out. Um, I don't know if you want people to follow you on Twitter or anything. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't want them to. And they won't want his, to either. I got to see his face when he said that. I am, a, I am a boring-ass suburban dad. There's nothing There's nothing fun to follow. <laughs> you want to see some political if reds? You, if you want to move to San Antonio and hang out with me and Daniel, that's the way you can keep up with me. Yeah, yeah. honestly, if you're in San Antonio, <laughs> you want to go watch a Spurs game with me Trace. We'll go to my bar and... Play some darts. We'll really give you that real San Antonio yeah. experience. <laughs> and hit up, hit up some Taco Bell after. <laughs> All right. Well, Trace, thank you so much for joining the show again, man. Thanks for having me. Always fun. Be and back for Major League Part 2. I was thinking the exact same thing, baby. <laughs> Until then, we'll see you next time. Bye. I actually don't see you. You just hear this. Bye. Bye. <laughs>